Listeners, friends, fans. Yes, hello, all hello. All above. Hi. Welcome back to Pop Maestros of the Podcast Generation. My name is Blake. And I'm Quinn. <laughs> yeah. And we're, we're here to dive into a, a very notable album in the pop landscape. I almost feel like, have we been around long enough to be worthy to talk about such a masterpiece or well-regarded uh, art form? Yeah, I... On, to be honest, I have no idea, but we're going to do our best. <laughs> we're deciding we're qualified. Yes, yeah, so we're deciding are qualified after a whopping four episodes. Yep, that's it. That's all it takes. That's all it takes. It's our 10,000 hours. <laughs> 10,000 hours. We yeah. are now completely qualified to dive into our album of the week, which is Beyonce's 2013 self-titled album, Beyonce. Yes, yeah, released December 13th, 2013. By Parkwood uh, label, also Columbia Records. I think they have some kind of fusion thing going on. Uh, yeah, Beyonce by Beyonce. So, without further ado, I mean, this has um, been a great experience for me. I have kind of historically, I confess, not been a huge Beyonce fan. I haven't followed her particularly closely. And this has really been my introduction to her in this sort of studying her artistry format, uh, which I know is very different than your background with this album, Blake. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I would consider both uh, Beyonce self-titled and Lemonade. I would say Lemonade slightly more so to be kind of two very defining albums of my high school experience. Uh, Beyonce self-titled technically came out when I was in eighth grade but yeah both albums I really fell in love with like fall summer slash fall of 2017 like like very much like my junior senior year of high school there was a period of like four to five months where like Lemonade and Beyonce self-titled were like the two main albums that I listened to and so I knew I had the most memory and the most connection with a lot of its lead singles, which include EXO, Drunk in Love, Partition, uh, Haunted has always been a deep, cut, a favorite deep cut of mine. Even before I even discovered the full album, I remember discovering that song like right before, like right when the album was first released, and then I just never listened to the rest of the album until much later on. But yeah, this is an album that I, out of all the albums that we've reviewed so far, I've had the most memory, the most nostalgia, and the most kind of experience with. And a lot of these songs are still in my daily rotation. Partition, which we will talk about later, and I don't want to reveal all of my thoughts now, is a song that I like a lot. <laughs> and I really, I like a lot of these songs a lot. And I overall, I think this is a very cohesive and well put together album. And I think it's also an album that is monumental within the history of not only pop music, but just music in general for how not only its content and its subject matter, but also the way in which it was released. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I I'll chip in. Again, I, I'm much less familiar with this album than you, Blake. I was familiar with a couple of the songs. 
uh, and really listening to it, I mean, so many quotable moments from this album. It's really entered the zeitgeist. I woke up like this, surfboard. <laughs> yeah. Like, there are just so many tidbits in here that are so intrinsic to popular culture, and this has really been a monumental album in that respect. I definitely knew songs like 7-Eleven and Partition, Drunk in Love, which was the biggest hit from this album, mm-hmm. and was familiar with Flawless and, you know, all the all the I woke up like this of it all. Yeah. But again, um, this wasn't really an album that I sought out or pursued, but I remember the shock waves that went through the music industry when Beyonce released this album with no warning, no promotion. You woke up one day and in the iTunes store was a fully fledged album by Beyonce. Mm -hmm. And, you know, she was one of the most famous, impactful pop stars working in the industry then and still today. Yeah. So this was just, like, it cannot be understated. That truly is far more than any of the songs far more than any of the little bits and pieces of this album, of which there are a great many. Yes. It is the legacy of this album begins with the the release style of this. And I think every major artist has replicated this in some form moving forward. And the idea that your favorite mainstream artist could, at the drop of a hat at any given time, drop such a project of... of like high caliber and eventual critical acclaim like Mm -hmm. that is just a very exciting game-changing move and it was so innovative and i just i i can't give her enough flowers for it because it was so genius as a business decision Mm -hmm. and just a really exciting artistic endeavor yeah so yeah not to bury the lead at all Mm -hmm. the surprise drop nature of this album is so impactful oh absolutely and another i think monumental and defining aspect of this album as a whole is the fact that it's a visual album there is a music video for every single track which of course laid the foundation for what beyonce would go on to do with lemonade which i think that visual album even more so has cemented itself within pop culture and i think five years later it its legacy is unmatched but this really really set the stone in terms of a lot of artists in terms of thinking about like the kind of not necessarily the birthing of the visual album, but still the fact that there were music videos for every single track is just remarkable. And that it, there's all, it's not only an album, but almost a film of sorts. And that each video, which we will all talk, about, which we will talk about later on, <laughs> it's making this podcast very long. Yes, Buckle in. This is. I'm prob- telling you now. We haven't even recorded it yet, and it's going to be the longest one by far. Yes, this is our, by far going to be probably our longest and most in depth episode. But I think that's because this is unlike any of the other albums that we have reviewed thus far so well yeah and this visual album thing that whole concept it says a lot of things it says all of these songs matter and are important which Mm -hmm. that's a really great statement to make in that like there was intention behind everything and we've really talked and dissected about a couple albums so far yeah and i'm sure we will moving forward but the the Mm -hmm. love and care even given to tracks that were just album cuts is really cool to see and I think this idea was really born out of the 
industry at the time that was very dominated by digital sales, which Mm -hmm. again, it's so fascinating to look at how rapidly the industry changed from being all about physical copies of CDs to then going to songs people were individually buying on and putting on devices to now, I mean, now this is essentially irrelevant. But at the time, you know, Beyonce had done interviews and talked about she was not loving that people were clicking on the song and listening to 30 seconds and just kind of not appreciating bodies of work as art. Yeah. And instead, it was all about the singles and just mm-hmm. all about the, the quick and easy nature yeah. of the digital soundscape at the time. Mm-hmm. And so, again, the kind of one-two punch of the surprise drop being the really impactful piece of it. The other pieces she really brought back the idea of an event album. And that was way ahead of its time. Uh, Billboard actually released a series of articles that spoke about, like, at the end of the decade, so in the end of mm-hmm. 2019, that spoke about big trends in music and did an essay, one for every year. That's mm-hmm. a really great series of essays that I haven't necessarily talked about yet, but there's some really great stuff in there. I really recommend specifically the one about 2013 or 2014 that talks about cultural appropriation in pop music being a major trend. Yeah. That is absolutely one that I highly recommend everyone check out. Mm -hmm. But the one for 2016 talks about the event album being Mm -hmm. like a main main event and like kind of Mm -hmm. the main dish of popular music. And then 2016 has... Anti by Rihanna, it has Lemonade, it has Life of Pablo, Mm -hmm. it has uh, just so many massive albums, I can't even think of all of them, Views by Drake, Yeah, Uh, that was, you know, and they talked about in the article that that was Mm -hmm. really the return of this kind of art form. This was released in 2013, and again, Beyonce herself would even very much top this with Lemonade, I think, Mm -hmm. but... The, this concept of bringing back the album in that form by particularly a female pop star who was well known for her commercial viability, mm-hmm. that was truly a game changer. And, you know, why can't you make a music video for every song? Why can't you have this complete statement? Why does every song need to be a single? Or why do albums just need to be a vessel for a couple nuggets of commercial success? She really asked those questions and Mm -hmm. deconstructed a lot of those norms and ideas. And I think the music industry as a whole is better because of it. And Mm -hmm. I don't mean to say she's the only one that had innovative ideas. And there were certainly impeccable albums that came out before then in the digital era. But really a game changer in making a lot of mainstream artists really think carefully Mm -hmm. about what they were putting out. And I think we've gotten a lot of really great stuff because of it. So... That kind of covers the two main impactful things that this album delivered on a macro scale. There's a ton of other big picture things that I want to say about this album and this work as a whole, but I think it probably makes the most sense to just dive right in and start Mm -hmm. track by track, and those things will come up as we discuss the album. Mm -hmm. So without further ado, let's talk about track one. Track one is Pretty Hurts. Yeah. Absolutely. And I am a big fan of this song. I love both the song itself, but also the music video. I love it as an opener and it very much, it sets, I feel like it very much kind of sets the stage and sets this tone for this album. It's, I think, one of the most vulnerable songs Beyonce has ever written. And I think the concept 
of it i think especially as a whole how both the music video portion of it and the song kind of intertwine and interact with each other there's this opening audio segment where essentially the premise of the music video is beyonce and she's competing in a beauty pageant for miss third ward which i'm not exactly that is sure. the neighborhood she's from in okay Houston. that's what i thought yeah okay yes that makes sense so that's essentially she's competing in the miss third ward beauty pageant and essentially that's the whole premise of the music video and it's really and there's this opening uh premise like the judge is asking her what are your aspirations in life and she says my aspiration is to be happy and so i think it's really interesting how those that kind of audio component both exists within the context of the song and also the music video and i think there's such a rich narrative to it and I think it's very much kind of a more traditionally structured pop song than the rest of the cuts on this album. I love, one of the things I love most about this record is is, it, is its experimentation, but this very much feels kind of like a classic ballad, but I think it works and there's a lot of power and emotion to it. And it's one that's always resonated with me. I think it's definitely, it's I think it's one of the most accessible <laughs> tracks on this album as well, especially as first first listening to this album as a teenager and then listening to it you know five you know six years down the line you know with more life perspective i it's definitely kind of that more accessible entry point but i still it still resonates and i still really enjoy it and i think there's a lot of really powerful imagery within it and yeah i know quinn you have some thoughts about this song well I have lots to say about this song, actually. I don't want to start this off as, like, a rain cloud. I have had some issues with Beyonce and her kind of branding more than, like, with her actual person or her talent, which is undeniable and I don't want to discredit in any way. Mm -hmm. And I really want this to be a love letter and sort of, apology to her because I don't think I took her all that seriously before this and this album has really changed a lot of my thoughts and opinions about her as an artist. Mm -hmm. That being said, a lot of my biggest gripes are glaring on Pretty Hurts and I it, this is my least favorite song on the album by far. I think it is I agree it's a powerful statement to start with, but I read it very differently than I think it's intended. And yeah, I mean, I'll just dive in. So again, this song was written originally by Sia, mm -hmm. which this was really in a time... Sia's an interesting character in the mm -hmm. landscape. I'm not a huge fan of some of the stuff she's been doing and saying lately. Yeah. But she had a pretty meteoric rise from being... Um, not involved in the pop music landscape a ton mm -hmm. to writing. I remember uh, my introduction to her was actually 2010's Christina Aguilera's Bionic album, mm -hmm. yeah. which I'm so excited to talk about Bionic at some yes. point. Um, but mm -hmm. uh, again, that was my introduction to Sia. She had been around before that as a songwriter. And of course she would, I think around the time of Beyonce, have a breakout moment as a soloist herself and have mm -hmm. some pretty significant hit songs um, in her that she performed herself. She's also, of course, written many hit yeah. songs mm -hmm. throughout time. You know, she wrote Diamonds by Rihanna, and mm -hmm. I 
many, many songs that are uh, well-regarded and popular. So yeah. Sia wrote this song, and I, I, I read that she wrote it the same day as she wrote Titanium. Mm-hmm. So that, that was a, a successful day for her, it yeah. seems. Uh-huh. Um, and originally she thought of Katy Perry mm-hmm. as the one who would sing this song, which I think you can really hear Katy Perry in this song, too. Mm-hmm. And uh, she sent the email to Katy Perry and never heard back. And so then it was sent to Rihanna, and... Rihanna's team, I think, was interested, but they weren't willing to, like, actually mm-hmm. put their money where their mouth was. Like, they weren't yeah. buying the rights to it. I don't necessarily know how all that works, but they mm-hmm. hadn't paid for it yet. Mm-hmm. And then Beyonce heard the song and was like, I must have this song. Yeah. And so then her team paid for it, and that's, you know, she got it. And then, of course, she is credited as a co-writer on it. I'm sure she did some kind of contributions. But again, if you know Sia's songwriting, this really is classic Sia just in mm-hmm. terms of like the the big uh, vocal runs and some like lyrics that sort of don't mm-hmm. quite fit together but then it it's sold it, it works yeah and then of course yes the music video is um it's very pretty <laughs> and it's about Beyonce being in a beauty pageant and then there's also pretty significant scenes that deal with eating disorders and it's a critique on the fashion industry Mm -hmm. the thing i really like about the video is it's the introduction of trophies Mm -hmm. as a theme and as a concept throughout the album that i think is very fascinating to watch Mm -hmm. so later on there's going to be scenes um or yeah this is at the end of this video where there's scenes of her being on Star Search when she was a kid. Yeah. And she was a part of this girl group, and they're dancing, doing their best, and mm-hmm. they end up losing the competition, which is what, like, transitions into Haunted. Yeah. And a lot of this album is about Beyonce deconstructing perfectionism. And it's mm-hmm. it's very clear to see in her work up until this point. Perfect this woman is a perfectionist. Yeah. She has airtight dance routines. She looks perfect all the time. She has a mm-hmm. very um, commendable vocal range and you know wants to hit the big notes and all these things. And she talks about in her kind of mini documentary that went through mm-hmm. this album, she talks about she's won a lot of trophies in her life and she's worked hard for them and she appreciates the recognition, but it doesn't feel the same winning a trophy as it does to hear her, her child call her mommy or to have, you know, her relationship with Jay-Z, which is another very interesting (laughs) discussion point about this album. Yeah. Uh, so she really just wanted a moment to say, I don't care about the trophies. Mm -hmm. I don't, this is nothing to me right now. Like life is about more than this. So I feel, I feel her catharsis Mm -hmm. when I watch that part of the music video where she's smashing all the trophies. That's my favorite part of the music video. Yeah. And again, trophies will continue to be Mm -hmm. a running theme throughout this album. Yeah. So that's where I'd really celebrate this. But... (laughs) My issue here is I think it's fundamentally hypocritical, the message of this song and the message that she's putting forth. This is her version of a critique against the fashion industry, against the beauty industry, saying, look at all these terrible things Mm -hmm. that women are put through, which is a very real conversation that I'm 
sure I'm far from being the most qualified person to talk about. Mm -hmm. And I really do appreciate and recognize the intention there. Mm -hmm. However, I think it doesn't really go there. I think it tries to go there. And again, there Mm -hmm. are depictions of eating disorders. There are depictions of, you know, you see Mm -hmm. someone eating cotton. Like there's some real stuff in there, but I think she could have gone a lot harder. Mm -hmm. And ultimately I think that she didn't because she herself is subscribing to a lot of these toxic things in the fashion industry. And not only is she doing that in the rest of her career before and after this, she's doing that in this album. Like Dolce & Gabbana, Yves Saint Laurent, Givenchy. These Mm -hmm. are all brands that she wears in other videos of this project. And these are like the elite Mm -hmm. perpetrators of... Yeah. The fashion industry that she mm-hmm. is celebrating and glamorizing and making desirable in her artwork. Again, I it is not my place to comment on a lot of her like self-expression, mm-hmm. but I do think it's very interesting that her hair is blonde in pretty much every video of this of this album and mm-hmm. like her hair is not, you know, natural or like the natural color that it is. And like, I just, I can't really speak to how that might make other people feel, but I could imagine how that might make other people feel. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I just think she undermines herself a lot. And Mm -hmm. again, like she wants to show off her body, which is amazing. She's in great shape. And she, again, was feeling very empowered to Mm -hmm. say like, I just had a baby and here I worked my ass off to get back in shape. And I, she's, I mean, it's Beyonce. Like she's like the most gorgeous person on planet earth. And again, I do think that because she gives off this image of such perfection that it's like, well, what do you want from her? Like, here mm-hmm. she's stripping down. So I, I do think it's sort of unfair. But again, so much of this album is her showing off her body, which, again, she worked very hard for. But also, I'm sure her immense privilege and mm-hmm. wealth helped her achieve. And, like, a lot of the people in this album are from underrepresented minority groups. But a lot of them are, like, classically very skinny and attractive. Mm-hmm. And that there really isn't a huge diversity in that. Like, a lot of mm-hmm. people are highly trained dancers. Yeah. And, yes, there are some people that look a bit different or that are from groups that are, you know, let down by society a lot. But I just felt like, again, the eating disorder depictions felt really shoehorned into me. I felt like they weren't really explored, nor the consequences of which mm-hmm. you see. I like that the video ends with an albino mm-hmm. woman winning instead of Beyonce. I thought that was mm-hmm. cool to show that. But again, you see Beyonce still smiling, clapping, like still very much a part of this system. Mm-hmm. There really isn't like a clear deviation from that i like Mm -hmm. the part where it they ask her you know what do you want out of life and she says you know she struggles with that question she's like Mm -hmm. i don't people don't normally ask me that yeah which i think is powerful and impactful but Mm -hmm. she says she wants to be happy and again i think the rest of the album is a demonstration of what her answer to that question is and again Mm -hmm. i think this is a good starter from that point but in the video and in the statement itself, I'm not seeing her breaking away. I'm seeing her very much being a proponent of this toxic fashion and beauty industry. And that 
is, I think, where some ultimately fair critiques of Beyonce and her brand Mm -hmm. can come from. I just don't think she delivered on what the promise of what the song was. And I think, sadly, that ultimately can be harmful. So that's what my issue is with Pretty Mm -hmm. Hurts. Again, that's been sort of my issue with her brand a lot. And I think Mm -hmm. embedded in that are a lot of things that are unfair that I've thought about Beyonce. And I'm really happy to Mm -hmm. deconstruct some of those tropes later on in this podcast. Mm -hmm. But as a starter, that's my beef with Pretty Hurts. I think that's fair. I think that's fair. I guess, yeah, I guess I never really considered it from that perspective. And so thank you for sharing that. Yeah. And again, I don't mean to say like Beyonce is like one of the hottest people on planet Earth. And I, maybe I'm just jealous, you know, like there's Mm -hmm. nothing wrong. Like she Mm -hmm. looks like that. She works out. She does the stuff to appear that way. And like I... You know, why mm-hmm. I can't hate someone because they're attractive. You know, yeah. like that's it's not her fault. She's attractive, like mm-hmm. so. But again, like I just can imagine people sitting there watching it and being like, "Beyonce, you've benefited from all of this stuff, mm-hmm. and I'm happy that you want to deconstruct it, but then actually deconstruct it. Like, don't go the half measure. Like, mm-hmm. don't be." wearing all these designer clothes and making yourself look like unattainable and mm-hmm. perpetuate these things that you know people are puking to look like you and and such mm-hmm. i just i don't know and i don't think she's solely responsible for that like beyonce is not the one who created this toxic environment yeah but i just think if you're going to deconstruct it i would want some more care and intention and self-awareness so with that Let's move on to track two, Haunted. Yes. Which, completely opposite feelings about <laughs> yeah. than Pretty Hurts. Mm-hmm. I am, I cannot praise Haunted enough. Mm-hmm. So Haunted is two tracks, actually, that are combined together masterfully, I would say. So the yeah. first part is Ghost, mm-hmm. which kind of serves as like a, a freestyle stream of consciousness rap yeah. And then it moves into Haunted, which has yes. a, a very, like, experimental R&B vibe. It really mm-hmm. made me think a lot about um, The weekend, like, mm-hmm. her, his early stuff with um, yeah. House of Balloons, which, again, I'm, I love that uh, The weekend is a featured mm-hmm. artist on Lemonade, which is coming up, which... Again, we haven't talked a ton about Lemonade. Mm-hmm. I We did some How the Sausage is Made. Blake and I did mm-hmm. discuss... Um, what you know albums we would do when yeah. and Blake originally you you recommended Lemonade yeah and I was like I don't know I think I don't know that we should do that one first in terms yeah. of like Beyonce and I'm so glad we didn't because yeah. I think that um, Beyonce serves as the perfect mm-hmm. uh, prequel to oh, yeah. Lemonade and I think I will appreciate Lemonade much more uh, when we do dive in mm-hmm. because we have done this first yeah uh, but yeah, this track is very experimental. There is no commercial friendliness to this at all. Yeah. And this is the introduction mm-hmm. of Boots, yeah. who produces like 85% of this album, mm-hmm. and he is a co-write on four of them. Boots was relatively unknown before mm-hmm. Beyonce. This was really his coming out party in yeah. the industry. Mm-hmm. And again, I don't know that he's had major successes he did some production on lemonade as well but i don't know that Mm -hmm. he's really had like breakout moments since then he's done a lot of work with like fantagram and Mm -hmm. but this really put him on the map in terms of 
sort of like moody, experimental, atmospheric production. Mm-hmm. And it is through his lens and his very beneficial partnership with Beyonce that this, that the album Beyonce mm-hmm. comes to life. And I am a huge fan of their partnership. And this is a great introduction to him mm-hmm. and his work on the album. Yeah. And so Ghost was, I believe, one of the first songs Beyonce heard by him. Mm-hmm. And it was written by, like, after he had had some, like, awful, like, mm-hmm. conversations with record labels and Beyonce doing this song just is so important in the context of this album. And mm-hmm. I just, some of the stuff she says here, it's like jaw dropping of like, yeah. I'm bored with my own music. I'm bored with this industry. Yeah. I'm fed up with record labels. Mm-hmm. I want to be an artist. I yeah. want to make art. Like this is a statement of artistic liberation. Mm-hmm. And I love how the ghost segment ends and transitions into Haunted where she's just like, this record might not sell a damn copy and I really couldn't give a shit. Yeah. And that statement, Mm -hmm. that nugget, like, thank you, Beyonce, for Mm -hmm. releasing that into the ether. I'm sure, like, many people have had this thought before and there's been a lot of great moments, but she verbalized it and I Mm -hmm. think it had so much impact, not only Mm -hmm. on herself and her own artistry Mm -hmm. and would pave the way for many would argue an even greater album to come and who knows what else she has to offer. Mm -hmm. But so many other artists, I think, heard this and felt free to make some really great music. Mm -hmm. So I'm just really blown away by Ghost. And then I love that the statement is, like, I'm actually going to make whatever the hell I want. Mm -hmm. And I love that Haunted is the, like, response to this is what the hell I want. It is... Very much like an, a modern update of Justify My Love by Madonna, which it just, there's a lot of like erotic whispering yeah. and just kind of saying like she's haunted all of us by mm-hmm. becoming so ubiquitous in the industry. Like she is mm-hmm. an institution unto herself. It's really a flex of like, she knows she's big enough that she can get away with this. Mm-hmm. And in turn is probably paving the way for other people who are less big and less ubiquitous to do it. Yeah. Um, and she's just saying, you know, like I've, I've made my way into your minds mm-hmm. and like, it definitely had an impact on me as well. Yeah. But, uh, I, I think I have some interesting things to say. Mm-hmm. And in tandem with that, she's really introducing, I think, the main theme and the most important theme, which is embracing sexuality. Yeah. And I think the best moments of this album deal with explicit sexuality. Yeah. Again, I don't Haunted is far from the raunchiest song oh, on this album. Yes. Mm-hmm. But I really do think the introduction of talking about sex in such mm-hmm. explicit terms it's just, it's the right time to introduce it. Mm-hmm. And again, Ghost and Haunted were completely separate songs. And it's, you know, it's taken for a given now because they were put together. Yeah. But what a great idea to mm-hmm. put these two together. Mm-hmm. I I just am so amazed by this song. Mm-hmm. And then the visuals are really great. Mm-hmm. Um, Ghost is like really kind of simple like there's just yeah. a lot of like flowy fabric and mm-hmm. it's much more abstracted like yeah, pretty hurts yeah. is like we jump from an incredibly narrative based video with pretty hurts 
and then we jump into Ghost, which is very abstracted. Lots of strobe lights. There's like figures under sheets. Mm-hmm. Like, and some of, there's a lot of videos like this, and some yeah. of them I think it gets a little overdone at yeah. times. But the as the first one, I think mm-hmm. the Ghost one is really great. And again, there's two distinct videos: yeah. one for Ghost and one for Haunted. Even though they're one song, and we're talking about them as one song. Yeah. Um, I, one of my favorite tidbits that I found in my research mm-hmm. was that the video for Ghost actually inspired a building in Melbourne, Australia called the Premier Tower that wow. they have constructed. It's like this big, tall, black building with like mm-hmm. these, it looks like waving cloth. And like yeah. in their design statement, they were like, well, we saw Beyonce's video for Ghost and <laughs> yeah. we liked it, so we're going to make a building. So mm-hmm. the legacy of this song is there's a literal building yeah. from it. So just a very cool, a very mm-hmm. cool tidbit. Mm-hmm. And then the Haunted video is, again, the critics compared it a lot to Justify My Love by Madonna, which I would concur that there's some similarities there but I think it's a very if I were Madonna I would be very complimented by this homage Mm -hmm. Um, Beyonce shows up to this like mansion she Mm -hmm. has a very like she has Marcel's hair like kind of very old Hollywood um, look yeah. And then she's also wearing a suit, which yeah. again, mm-hmm. that's been it's done, a lot. that's been done a lot. You know, yeah. like the oh, the feminine, the female wearing the masculine suit, like play on masculinity and femininity. Yeah. But then she's like walking through this house, and in it, you see all these people that are just doing all manner of interesting things, like mm-hmm. related to like sexual exploration and just yeah. human connection. Mm-hmm. And it's just very interesting and perplexing. And I don't really know that I fully have saturated all of the messages there, yeah. but there's a lot to take in. And then of course she does a, an amazing Beyonce dance routine yeah. that is still very faithful to the imperfect imperfect like kind of messiness and uh relinquishment of control like it's still beyonce and she still manages to deliver some killer choreo so Mm -hmm. just ooh, delicious i love this whole thing so much Mm -hmm. yeah absolutely i completely agree and i find what's so interesting about this song is that this is technically the song that got me into this album like this I'm was, not surprised. Yeah, at this all. was the song that I first heard from it because it was featured in the trailer for Fifty Shades of Grey back in 2014. Perfect. Love yes, it. this song is has more sexiness and sex appeal like in its left pinky than that entire movie has. But I remember watching that trailer <laughs> as like a 14 year old and like hearing the background music. And I'm like, holy shit! Like, what is this? This is so interesting. And then I looked it up, and it was Beyonce. I remember hearing it, at least hearing Ghost for the first time, and I was like, okay, like, this is not at all what I'm typically used to hearing from Beyonce. Like, I think the repetition, like, kind of, like, the sparse production, and then, again, how it leads into Haunted, like, the song itself, and the music video, both. I think the costuming, the choreography, the makeup, it's beautiful. It's so brilliantly executed. And again, as we've talked about earlier, the fact that all of these songs and videos still come together as a cohesive body of work, there is still a very distinct premise to every single music video. Even though that these is, this is technically two songs combined into one, there are still two very distinct concepts. One's kind of more abstract and one's kind of more literal. I think there's still... I mean, I've only watched these videos a couple of times, so I'm sure there's tons of symbolism. Oh, this is one I want to watch over and over and Yes, over I'm again. sure there is so much symbolism and hidden meaning that I just have not even begun to unpack and understand yet. 
but I think just the way it builds as well, there's so many different interesting things happen from production wise, kind of the the repetition of it, the oh, whoa, 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 the way it kind of bounces back and forth, the way it builds at the end, like it definitely kind of embodies like the darker sound that I believe pop kind of is kind of in right now, but that I think not only Beyonce kind of helped pioneer on this album, this kind of more experimental, this darker sound, more sparse production, but also The Weeknd. Like, this kind of reminded me, like, a song that you would hear from him on House of Balloons. Like his Oh, absolutely. And, I mean, Frank Ocean, Miguel, Drake are all people that are on this album, and I think all of those Mm -hmm. folks deserve some credit in pushing that sound Mm -hmm. forward as well. And again, Abel himself is not here, but he will show up later in Beyonce's discography. Like, she really joins Mm -hmm. these folks and in a really authentic way that was so unexpected. Yeah. And yeah, I just think the central thesis of the album is in this song. Of, yeah. This is an album that I want to make mm-hmm. commercial success be damned. And yeah. again, it's a very specific message because not mm-hmm. everyone has the privilege to say that because yeah. not everyone is big enough to do that. But mm-hmm. in terms of what do I want for my mainstream pop stars, that sentiment. Yeah. It doesn't matter to me if every song on the album doesn't quite work or if it's an, a terrible experimentation, but mm-hmm. I want to see this from everyone. Yeah. I want to see the album that they want to make themselves that has nothing to do with me, that has nothing to do with the commercial success of it all and what are people going to like. Like mm-hmm. That is so much of the disease of pop music, I think. Mm-hmm. And I love that someone of this caliber of stature... Said so explicitly, like she made it very clear mm-hmm. from the beginning. No, like I'm writing my own rules now, and if you don't like it, then don't listen. Yeah, it's just incredible. A hundred percent. So now we move on to track three, which is "Drunken Love," which I think there could be a solid argument made for this being the most iconic and kind of one of the most culturally significant songs from in terms this of in terms of hits yeah. this is the hits. biggest empirical like hit from yes. this album for absolutely sure. and in a lot of ways it very much so acts as a direct sequel to <laughs> another famed beyonce hit of course her beyonce and jay-z collab yes uh 2003's crazy in love which was her inaugural solo single her break from destiny's child yes and uh her first number solo number one yeah uh and i believe it was her first collaboration with jay-z who yeah. is of course her husband at yes, this point of course i don't when, i don't remember when they got married but they mm-hmm. were they've but, been together a while oh yeah they've been together for a long time and of course crazy in love i think one of the most iconic pop songs not just of the century, but honestly, ever. We keep the quotables coming with yes. this one. The surfboard. Surfboard. Oh, yeah. Yep. Never said that word the same way again. <laughs> I don't think anyone. <laughs> yes. Surfboard. Yes. So many just iconic uh, sound bites and lyrics from this song. And, yep. and uh, so many iconic, I mean, there's Jay-Z and Beyonce who are legends, mm-hmm. but then you've also got Timbaland who's producing this. Like, mm-hmm. it's just this star-studded group of people behind mm-hmm. this song. What do you think, Blake? 
Yeah, I mean, again, this was one of the songs that I was very familiar with, again, when I was very much sort of in love with this, I still am in love with this album, but like in high school. You were drunk in love with it. Yes, drunk in love, yes, in high school, this was a song that I would regularly come back to, and, you know, four plus years later, it's not one that I'm necessarily as high on. I think it goes a little bit too long. I think it does it kind of it gets a bit repetitive and that is kind of an issue that i feel like is prevalent in some of the songs on these albums is that they kind of wear out their welcome very quickly and then i feel like they just kind of just repeat themselves over and over and over again i still think the production is really nice i really love i love a lot of i think beyonce of course she is the star here uh jay-z on the other hand what yeah no this this feature has not aged well no, in the slightest. No, Yeah, I mean, I think it's so interesting. So Lemonade is mm-hmm. a, a, deals a lot with... Jay-Z cheats on Beyonce. Yeah. And I, I don't know if this was happening at this point or was yet to happen, mm-hmm. but there's so much of this album that's so interestingly prophetic. Yeah. And that, again, we've, we've gone... We've seen the clip from her as Star Search. She... This is about taking an L in a lot yeah. of cases. Like this is about like what happens when you you, you win a lot, but when you can't win all the time. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting because Beyonce really says like you know this is this album is against perfection. It's it's when you take the L. Mm-hmm. But I mean, Beyonce's workmanship is so incredible that like it often doesn't even feel like that because yeah. even when she's not trying, mm-hmm. it still looks like more more effort is put into it than like 95% of pop stars or probably even yeah. a higher percentage of that. Mm-hmm. So the L here is really that this relationship with Jay-Z that mm-hmm. she has moments of kind of being braggadocious about. Yeah. But then also has moments of insecurity on this album. Like mm-hmm. those moments of insecurity are right on the money. Like she, yeah. her intuition was right. Mm-hmm. Like there were issues in their relationship that of course... I'm sure there's Mm -hmm. no way we would ever know exactly what all of those things were. Mm -hmm. But it's fascinating to watch, like, particularly in the music video. Beyonce is so invested in this relationship. She's giving her all. She's putting everything into it. Mm -hmm. And Jay-Z's verse sucks. Yeah. And he's so disinterested. He's, like, plugging his own alcohol. Yeah. And, like, he's just holding a drink. Like, he's Mm -hmm. just, like, barely looks enthused to be there at all. And, again, I know he, like, has a different artistry and is a different person than Beyonce, so he expresses Mm -hmm. his interests differently. But it's just... Like, she's, like, mouthing along with his lyrics and just, like, Mm -hmm. so into it. And he just doesn't seem like he wants to be there. And I just think it's fascinating to watch and, again, has become a moment of prophecy Mm -hmm. for where Beyonce's artistry was headed after this. I am a huge... what what is a good word? I'm, I celebrate Mm -hmm. Beyonce's vocals on this song. I think Uh, vocally she sounds... Uh, this is among one of mm-hmm. the best tracks for that. Yeah. I love her growl. It's mm-hmm. carnal the way that she sings it, and it's so mm-hmm. bold and sexy and out there. And like you're really, 
<laughs> you might be taking it a little too close. Like, you're yeah. definitely, like, with them, like, having, sex, like, blackout sex in their kitchen. Yeah. Um, I think fill the tub up halfway and then ride it with my surfboard is one of the most interesting metaphors I've ever heard <laughs> in terms of, like, sex and penetration. Yeah, it's like, okay. Like, like, not, it's, like, there are several songs on this album. This isn't even the worst one, but I'm just oh, like, yeah. should I go? Like, yeah. I, I'll just leave you guys to mm-hmm. it. Like, it really was, like powerfully sexual yeah. um in here and mm-hmm. so like that's where i would say i really like this song yeah uh is that i just i celebrate what beyonce brings to the table mm-hmm. it must be said like jay-z do not be rapping about tina turner's abusive relationship with ike yeah don't be like making that seem like glamorous or sexy mm-hmm. and don't be rapping about mike tyson who is a rapist like yeah. stop Mm-hmm. Like, it just, it's, no. It, yeah. I can't enjoy it. It's mm-hmm. not something I want to listen to from that perspective. Mm-hmm. And, like, I, again, mm-hmm. <laughs> pivoting again, I, I you know, I lived uh, in Seattle. I grew up in Seattle, so there were yeah. many beaches. Mm-hmm. The thing I love about this music video is, like, this totally reminds me of, like, a drunk bonfire <laughs> on the beach. Like, I mm. felt like I was right there with them. Like, I've had... Not necessarily nights of, like, mm-hmm. <laughs> like quite like they're describing, but, like, I've had nights like that where you're just, mm-hmm. like, drunk on the beach having a good time with your friends. Yeah. There's something so beautifully organic about both the song itself and the video. Like, mm-hmm. again, Beyonce really deliberately trying to not be as meticulously perfectionistic. Like, yeah. just let the flaws be what they are. Mm-hmm. I don't know if they were actually drunk, but they certainly looked drunk when they were filming this. Yeah. And she's like, they sound drunk on the song, particularly Jay. It's like, you've had a few too many, Jay. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, yeah, they, the chemistry is very clear to see even when Jay is so disengaged. It was also very funny. Um, they performed the song at, they opened like the MTV Music Awards or something and there were a bunch of critics who were just like, they, that was too raunchy. Like, mm-hmm. it's how lewd. And, like, people responded to that, and they were like, honestly, if you want to be purporting a agenda of monogamy, mm-hmm. like, look at these two, because they're doing it right. Like, they're having fun. They're, yeah. they're still, like, showing, like, a monogamous mm-hmm. married relationship as both, like, yeah. a business, like, a, a mm-hmm. mutually beneficial business venture, and also, like, you can yeah. still have fun, you can still have sex, you can still be wild and get drunk and have fun, like, there's, mm-hmm. that doesn't mean that you have to be, like, boring and buttoned down yeah. after that, so mm-hmm. I like that, but again, it's really undermined yeah. by the turmoil that their relationship appeared mm-hmm. to be in, both yeah. in watching the video and then what we're gonna find out mm-hmm. later with Lemonade, so yeah. really interesting from that perspective. Mm-hmm. It must be talked about, this Kanye West <laughs> remix. And all I have to say about that is this man wants to be their third so bad. Oh, yeah. Like, he, if they were like, hey, Kanye, you want to come in here with us? He would be like, done deal. I'll divorce Kim. If yeah. that's what you want, mm-hmm. I am in the room. Like, he is on... <laughs> mm-hmm. he is on them so hard it is like you desperate desperate man mm-hmm. like all this like getting up to like vouch for her at award shows it's yeah. just like you just want to smash her like yeah. and you want Jay-Z <laughs> to be there too like yeah. that is that is what I'm getting from this also mm-hmm. it must be said that um this album, again, who gives a shit about the Grammys? This album was nominated for Album of the Year at the Grammys. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Beck 
won uh, the award that night and mm-hmm. Kanye West was at the ceremony and like mm-hmm. got up as if he was gonna do oh. like the Taylor Swift thing and yeah. then like was like, oh no, never mind, I'm not gonna do it. And it was just like, sit down, mm-hmm. we're done with this. Kanye, go home. Yeah. Call Cam. <laughs> she can she can order a, a lift. Yeah. Pick you up. Go mm-hmm. home. Yes. Uh, so yeah, Kanye West just seems very like desperate on that oh, song. Yes. yes. No. <laughs> but and... that's I like can't even listen to what he's saying because I'm just yeah. like this is a song about them having sex. Like mm-hmm. get out of there. Please. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. I'm like, I'm literally looking at the lyrics right now and just, I think. Jay, is this good? Yeah, Jay, is this good? So... Am I enough? Am yeah. I enough? It's just so ridiculous. Like, he references the 35th of Nevuary. Which... <laughs> <laughs> yep. No. <laughs> yep. I impregnated your mouth, girl. So there's. Yeah, I don't even really know what to say about it. My it's, goodness. It's certainly listenable. Like, I have... No, I mean, Kanye's, yeah. Kanye's an it's iconic just, MC, yeah. but I, actually, I just yeah. can't. I can't take it seriously Oh, yeah, all. no. I You cannot take it seriously whatsoever. <laughs> but, yeah, it's... It's a remix. Yeah. No. But in, in terms of... So, again, this was a hit. This song peaked at number two on the Billboard Hot 100. So... Yeah. A real sizable moment. It impacted radio. It was co-released with EXO as the lead single from yeah. this album. But again, of course, they were all they all arrived at the same time, which was unusual. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, and again, the quotable moments. I mean, this song lives on. It's it's an immortal song. It mm-hmm. it you know Jay Z and Beyonce have collaborated together a lot. I'm sure they will do so mm-hmm. more in the future. And I think this is a worthy addition uh, at least on Beyonce's side and Jay-Z you know gives us nothing give us nothing king (laughs) (laughs) give us nothing we Mm -hmm. know you will yeah not a huge supporter of him being on the song but his presence is so fascinating that it Mm -hmm. sort of makes it better because of it Mm -hmm. so now we move on to track four which is blow and this is is this Pharrell? No, Pharrell's introduction to the podcast was on Blackout, but Pharrell has returned yeah. to the podcast. Did Pharrell not work on Positions? No. Oh, he didn't work on Positions? No. Oh, no, he worked on Sweetener. That's what yeah, yeah, no, that was it. Yes, <laughs> okay. yes, he, he worked on, work Sweetener. on Sweetener. That mm-hmm. is correct. Mm-hmm. But no, he was not. And this is Pharrell with Timbaland and Justin Timberlake, so, mm-hmm. and The Dream, yes. and James Fauntleroy. This yeah. is like an all-star cast here mm-hmm. on Blow, like ev- oh, yeah. all the heavy hitter- hitters. James Fauntleroy is a very prolific producer. He works with, like, everyone famous in, you know, kind of urban hip-hop, pop genre. He works with Rihanna, Travis Scott, mm-hmm. all that. Yeah. Uh, and then I think everyone knows who Timbaland and Justin Timberlake are. The Dream is also a very, very well-known producer. He's done, like, Umbrella, mm-hmm. uh, among other things. Yeah. And Pharrell. I think we all, <laughs> we yeah. all know Pharrell. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, I mean, Beyonce herself <laughs> is yeah. around here. So... Mm-hmm. really all-star cast and i i think the first time i heard this song i wasn't really a big fan of it but now i'm a huge supporter of it this was actually supposed to be the lead single instead of exo mm-hmm. and radio was like no this is too mm-hmm. risque yeah. which i don't again maybe we're just comparing it to some other songs on here mm-hmm. um but i don't think it's too terrible for radio like it's it's about being eaten out but yeah i 
it's disguised as, mm-hmm. you know, genitalia as candy, which is yes. very played out. Yep. But mm-hmm. <laughs> I think the song is super fun. I love that it grooves and it takes its time. It's definitely like funky meets disco and Beyonce rides the beat in a very interesting, at this point, un-Beyonce type mm-hmm. way. Like she's using a lot of falsetto and not quite, you know, that yeah. pristine, perfect, like mid-belting that she is known for at this point in time. And yeah, I think it's fun. It's sexy. It's cool. The video's great. It's mm-hmm. She's like rollerblading and Solange is there and Solange's friends. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like the big sister going to hang out with the little sister and her crew. Uh, so yeah. that's cute and fun. Todrick Hall does the choreography, which Ooh, I did not know that. I thought was interesting. Oh, nice. Um, yeah, no, it's I. I think it's a highlight in terms of the music videos from Beyonce, mm-hmm. and yeah, you. I definitely understand why this was a single material, and mm-hmm. yeah, it's a fun song about being eaten out. <laughs> What's wrong with that? <laughs> Yeah, I I agree in that it's one of my favorite music videos from this overall album. This is very low in my ranking. I am not a big fan of this song. I certainly don't think it's bad. I really like the disco beat. I think it's definitely fun, but up to a point. I think really when it hits that, this song is a little over five minutes long, and I think really when it hits like three minutes and 30 seconds, I think that's kind of where I turn sour on it. I think one of the biggest things for me is uh, Timbaland's uh, repeated turn that cherry out. <laughs> he really wanted to be a part of I it. I know. He wanted to be I, part of something special. I know he wanted to be a part of something <laughs> special, but it it really just brought it down for me. It's cringy. I know, like, I have tried, at, like, I have given this song, like, I have tried listening to it so many times, and it's just, every time it gets to that point, it just kind of falls apart for me. <laughs> Skip. Like, if it were just cut down to three and a half minutes, like, I feel like it gets its point across very early on. <laughs> I feel like there are songs that, of course, sex is a topic that is discussed throughout the album. I think they're just, I think even Drunk in Love, there's just more, I think there's just more specificity to the lyricism. I think there's just more just going on. And I think it's just explored in more engaging and interesting ways on other tracks on this album. So Yeah, I... It doesn't need to be as long as it is. I yeah. think the thing I like about it is that it's like, yeah, well, we're going to keep going. <laughs> you know, like, I, mm-hmm. I enjoy that it it's it, it finds a way to be very commercial, and I think the extra length takes it out of, like, makes it less yeah. commercial, which mm-hmm. I think was, again, kind of the point of, like, deconstructing commercialism. Yeah. So, from that perspective, I like it. But yes, like, I agree. If you're going to, like put this song on and are like actively listening to it it's like okay wrap this up now i also another critique i have which this shows up on later songs in this album too i'm so tired of the fetishization of the french language Mm -hmm. like it's like we get it french is sexy so we're gonna talk Mm -hmm. about sex in french like yeah okay (laughs) yeah sounds good it just it feels like kind of a cheap way to appear profound Mm -hmm. but yeah, I'm definitely higher on this song than you. All that said, I mean, I think mm-hmm. it's like, it definitely could be a fun bedroom jam to yeah. throw on. Um, so the length might be good from that perspective. Maybe. <laughs> but uh, I'm not going to stump for this song too hard. I think mm-hmm. the critiques are fair. But yeah. A worthy, a worthy addition to the mm-hmm. album. I don't think it takes away from 
the statement that yeah. the whole album is. Oh, for sure. And I just, I feel like this song's, it gets its point across very quickly and it just, it feels, it feels just kind of dragged out to me, but. Well, they can't all be your favorite. Yeah, that is very true. So now we move on to track five, which is No Angel, which when revisiting this album was not one that I was super familiar with. I know I had heard it before, but it is one of the songs that I had never really come back to. So it felt like this was kind of my first time like sitting down and like really listening to it. And in all honesty, I don't have a whole lot to say about it. I think lyrically it's kind of sparse. I think there's some interesting things happening with the instrumentation. There's kind of these like really interesting synths going on. And I think at the end there's like this no, 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 no repetition at the end. And so I think sonically there's some interesting stuff happening, but I think lyrically there was not much for me to latch onto with this song. Yeah, this was also kind of with Blow kind of at the bottom of my ranking. But yeah, I, I don't know. I feel like I'm kind of indifferent on it. Yeah, I this is interesting for me because I think there are some songs on this album that I didn't necessarily connect with that much uh, before watching the video. And then watching the video made me feel more connected to it. And No Angel is one where I actually really like the song and the video is probably my least favorite. Mm -hmm. So I think the video hurts No Angel more yeah. for me than any of the other videos like hurt or yeah. impact how I feel about the other songs. Mm -hmm. Musically, I am a, a really big fan. I think No Angel is one of my favorites. And I can totally understand how it sort of gets lost or maybe is a bit forgettable or not that distinct. Mm -hmm. But I just love her breathy falsetto. It's her trying out something new and I think she delivers mm -hmm. it great. It sounds a lot closer to like Solange, her sister, yeah. which I, I think is cute and a fun mm -hmm. nod. And I, I like the message of it. And again, like this very interesting, like dark cloud mm -hmm. that was hanging over her relationship with Jay-Z at the time. Yeah. Like, I really like this. You know, I know I'm not perfect, but neither are you, bud. Like, yeah. watch out. Mm -hmm. uh, so that, I, I really am a fan of No Angel. It's probably, I could see it fitting really well on some very interesting playlists. Like, I think yeah. you could pull it out. And it's, I also love it when artists do those songs that are like, is this? That like is this Beyonce? Like I think you like yeah. take a second mm -hmm. if you heard this out of context for yeah. like, to understand. And so I like that a lot. Mm -hmm. It was interesting. Before I read the Wikipedia page, I had in my notes about the video poverty porn, mm -hmm. and then I was reading the Wikipedia, and somebody was like, "This is poverty porn," and I was like, "Yep, yeah. I agree." I what I will say is like there the video. So the video is takes place in Houston, and mm -hmm. it just kind of goes through and like shows people in various shots there's really not a storyline or like deliberate like choreography or anything to it yeah and beyonce is wearing this like very fashionable like white furry outfit mm -hmm. and the biggest issue i had with it when watching it initially was that i felt like beyonce was really disconnected from the action and i think this happens in a couple of the videos and i think Beyonce just kind of has this like steely untouchable persona like I think that's just kind of who she is as a person which again yeah I feel kind of bad like I guess critiquing it because I you know like 
do I want her to be someone mm-hmm. she's not? No, I don't. Yeah. But like, there is sort of an like above it allness mm-hmm. to like in how she comes across. Yeah. And I did realize she wasn't actually in Houston when they filmed this. So mm-hmm. she was in Australia. Ah. So that to me is like, oh, that's why she felt really detached from this. She yeah. wasn't there. Mm-hmm. And I again. I think it's not really my place to say, like, I hope the people in the video felt, like, honored and, like, I'm sure they were excited to be in a Beyonce video. I don't really know. Yeah. But I just felt uncomfortable with sort of the imagery and just, like, Mm -hmm. glamorizing things that shouldn't be glamorized. And, like, I just, again, like, I don't like that in general, like, mm-hmm. and I'm not necessarily saying that's what this video was doing. I'm saying that's mm-hmm. what that video reminded me of, so it made me feel uncomfortable about it. Yeah. And I guess a couple other critics agreed with me, so I felt yeah. a little like, mm-hmm. okay, I'm not totally out of line holding this viewpoint. Yeah. I should note there are a lot of um, well-regarded, well-known Houston rappers that are um, demonstrated throughout Mm-hmm. And those are, they're really celebrated. Um, Slim Thug is probably the one mm-hmm. that was most recognizable to me. Yeah. So that was really great to see her repping um, the, the Houston rap hip hop scene. Again, I think it might have been more impactful if she was actually like there with them doing that rather than just kind of like showing them as a clip separate from her yeah. in the video. But again, we haven't really talked about it. A lot of this album is a love letter to Houston and the third ward where she's from. Mm -hmm. So I like that she, again, returned there in the video. And there was some critique of this video that it didn't show, like, the most iconic landmarks of Houston Mm -hmm. in in favor of, you know, more focusing on the people. But that is actually a a concept of the video that I quite like because... It's not, like, super expected. It's not, like, so obvious in Houston. I've actually never been to Houston, so I was, you know, I I looked that up. Mm -hmm. Um, But I I thought it was in Houston when I saw it, just because it would have made sense. Yeah. But... In any case, like, I do like that it is a more, like, people-focused video rather than just being like, here's the city, here's the sights. Mm-hmm. Uh, that would have been a little bit more expected. But yeah, not, probably my least favorite video from that perspective. Just some, some ickiness that, or stuff that doesn't sit quite well with me. But again, really big fan of the song. I love the vocal texture, the experimental element, and just, it's breezy and has a good message. And so now we are on to track six, which is Partition. Ugh, what a meal this is. Yes, what a meal this is. In terms of the visual album, this is technically two different uh, videos and tracks. Yeah, so there's the introduction that is called Yancey, and then it goes into Partition. Yes. I... I'm just so blown away by blown away by this song. <laughs> yeah. I think it's just fantastic. I this was actually a song I was familiar with before doing this deep dive. Mm-hmm. And I think that this is one of the ones that's really worked its way into the culture. Yeah. I, I don't know too much like what the consensus best Beyonce songs are, but I mm-hmm. could imagine this one ranks pretty highly if people do like rankings of her yeah. stuff. Honestly, this may be one of my favorite songs just ever. Like, I think it is so... (laughs) Categorically. Categorically. Like, it is just so, like, if I could think of one word to describe this song, it would just be, it's absolutely intoxicating. I think 
just how it opens with the hey miss carter and then immediately there's that beat drop and it has like this like really like rhythmic drum beat to it and the fact and then beyonce goes into her freestyle which is just impeccable i think just so many iconic lyrics even if all of them don't exactly make sense specifically <laughs> with the monica lewinsky all off my gown Oh, no. Well, yes. Yeah. Okay, there are a couple things. Yeah. Let me just say what I don't like about it. Okay. And then mm-hmm. we can move forward from there. Yeah. Two major issues. Mm-hmm. One is less major and one is more major. Yeah. The less major issue, again, I'm a little tired of this, like, fetishizing the French language. I don't yeah. think it's harmful. And the video does take place at Crazy Horse, which is a burlesque yeah. uh, theater mm-hmm. in France, so I think it's a little bit more uh, be- better used here than it is on Blow. Yeah. But I do like kind of roll my eyes at it. It's also so that that's the French part is Julianne Moore's like mm-hmm. famous like do you like sex thing from the Big Lebowski in yeah. French, mm-hmm. and it's one of her dancers who says it. So mm-hmm. again, I like that connection. So I'm not I appreciate the French part, and I again I don't think it takes away from the song necessarily, but it mm-hmm. just it's, it's like a trope I'm a little done with. The bigger issue, I really do not like the line about he Monica Lewinsky'd all over my gown. Mm-hmm. Because first of all, it doesn't make sense. Like, yeah. it, he Bill clinton all over your gown. Yeah. And I just think in general, and again, I do want to celebrate Beyonce. The first verse of Partition is literally like, the beat was going and she hit, said hit record mm-hmm. and this is freestyled. Yeah. So I think... Part of, you know, the Monica Lewinsky reference is, like, that wasn't, like, something they sat down and, like, meticulously planned to say. Yeah. I think it just goes to show, like, what her name has become synonymous with in popular culture. Yeah. Which is the bigger villain than, like, oh, Beyonce is being terrible to women. But, like, can we please leave this poor woman alone? Like, yeah. Monica Lewinsky... Um, was manipulated and violated by the most powerful political family in the country, mm-hmm. arguably still today, and definitely at that time. You know, the yeah. president of the United States, like maybe arguably the most influential person in the world. I, mm-hmm. You know, we can have that debate, of, but like, it's yeah, in the conversation. Mm-hmm. And you know, Bill Clinton does not get the same rap for this. And, like, Monica Lewinsky, I just can't imagine what she's been through mm-hmm. in dealing with, like, being defined by this incident mm-hmm. that she was taken advantage of and manipulated. Yeah. And, like, you know, like, that song, Molly and a Whiskey, Monica, like, she's mm-hmm. still on people's minds as, like, yeah. this, like, salacious, like, ooh, scandalous story. And it's mm-hmm. like, can we please let her move on and live her life? And... I think, to Monica Lewinsky's credit, like, she did tweet, mm-hmm. like, I think the more appropriate term is you put Clinton all over your gown. Mm-hmm. But I think Monica Lewinsky, to her credit, has taken all of this with a sense of humor. She's done some mm-hmm. great TED Talks, and I am I admire her a lot for yeah. how she has been able to navigate with this, mm-hmm. you know, this monkey. She's never going to get off her back, like, in mm-hmm. her entire life. Yeah. And, again... I just, it makes me uncomfortable listening to that, and I wish it wasn't in there. That said, this song is so fabulous in so many other directions. Yeah. That, and again, I, I do want to appreciate it was a freestyle, and like, mm-hmm. yeah, it doesn't really make sense, but if you're freestyling, like, it's incredible that she has this talent to be able to come up with all of this yeah. with no, you know, nothing written down or anything, so mm-hmm. I respect the talent, and I totally understand how that ended up in there. And again, it's not like really shaming Monica Lewinsky per se, but it it Mm -hmm. could be better handled. Yeah, I agree with that. 
Yeah. That said, so again, Timbaland and Justin Timberlake are mm-hmm. among you know noteworthy writers and producers on this song. So the Yonsei beat was mm-hmm. actually made by Justin Timberlake on buckets. Wow. And they left in the buckets because, mm-hmm. you know, Beyonce was going for something a little less perfect and sheeny. So yeah. I really love Yonsei. The Yonsei part of this song is amazing. And mm-hmm. I love that it's like a bucket beat. Yeah. I think Beyonce has already, you know, introduced some alter egos in her uh zeitgeist like Sasha Fierce being yeah. one that's mm-hmm. notable I think Yonsei has to be like the most organic one that like yeah. you know I love the, the Yonsei alter ego version mm-hmm. of Beyonce that is just yeah filthy mm-hmm. you know we love to see it <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, so that I think is really cool and yeah, the whole Yonsei all in his mouth, like, like liquor. Like, so many iconic yes. little... I sneezed on the beat, and the beat got sicker. Oh, like, it's amazing. Just, oh, such and a what, great I, I need to pull up the lyrics, but just, like, he said he wanted to smash, so I said I'll make another one. Yeah. Like, mm, flex. Yeah. <laughs> Love it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> amazing, quotable, sending on up. Like, it's just... The Yonsei part is just... It's all swag. It's all amazing. And she just, like, Beyonce can deliver. Yeah. I didn't think the video was much to write home about. It was, yeah. again, again, you know, like, wearing designer brand clothing with a bunch of, like, hot skinny people. Yeah. Sort of undermined the premise of Pretty Hurts a little bit for me, but yeah. it was, like, I loved that she was, like, having fun in, in Brooklyn mm-hmm. and, like, doing yeah. her thing. Um, and then, like, the meal of Partition, like, that video yes. is maybe my favorite. It's mm-hmm. up there in terms of, like, videos I really enjoyed from this project. Mm-hmm. It takes place at Crazy Horse. Yeah. And, like, Beyonce talked about in the the design, the, the, the mini documentary, mm-hmm. when she was talking about the design for the video, she was like, we were at Crazy Horse, and I was like, that's badass. I want to do that for my man. And her man doesn't care, but we all do. So. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And I think just partition itself, the second half, I think it so flawlessly transitions. The no, transi- those the marriage of yes, those two is just... Because so she references, like, in the first part, she's like, I don't need to see Yonsei on her knees. It's like, yeah. she introduced the character, and now she's like, this is what the character does in, mm-hmm. yeah. in you, practice. Yes, are you happy to be in Paris, like... Yeah, I feel like it's this really sort of organic and seamless transition. And then that second half where it's like the take all of me, like that build at the end is just, it's heavenly. Mm-hmm. Like I think it and is. And it's unconventional. You yeah. Know, it's not, it, it, that is the chorus, but it doesn't mm-hmm. necessarily feel like it's like, okay, here's the catching like hook part of the chorus. It's like, no, yeah. it's like different. It's experimental. Yeah. It's unusual. It just mm-hmm. feels really badass. And again, I'm a huge proponent of details. Like, the picture is painted. Yeah. They are in a limousine. They're like, driver, put this thing up because yep. we're about to do some stuff. Yeah. And I don't think you want to see this mm-hmm. and we don't really want you to either. Kanye yeah. West was driving the, <laughs> driving the <laughs> limousine. <laughs> he was like, are you sure you want me to roll this up? Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Please do it. <laughs> um, yeah. And I, I will say, I'll take accountability I remember, like, having a conversation with somebody about Beyonce and, like, not necessarily being the hugest fan of her. Mm -hmm. And I was like, people are like, she's so empowering and she, like, has songs about giving head in a limousine. And, like, how ignorant was I? Because I do think it actually is powerful, (laughs) empowering to, like, have a song about giving head in the back of a limousine. Mm -hmm. So... I was wrong, and I... (laughs) If the person who ever has that conversation listens to this podcast, I'm sorry for my... um, 
prudish views. <laughs> How could I? But yeah. yes, I know. I definitely think this song is very empowering and I totally understand why it's, I think it's, I at least know it and know it to be a beloved song from this album and it surely deserves it. Yeah. I still listen to this song on a regular basis. It's interesting, she did talk about writing the song from the perspective of, like, back when her and Jay, like, started dating and things were all exciting, and, like, in the video mm-hmm. she said, like, it, it was very clear, it was just, like, back when he was into you, like, mm. and in the video, it's, like, he's there, like, he's watching it, and, like, she's literally doing the most, like, it is elaborate choreography, it's just, yeah. like, in terms of, like, dancing Beyonce, like, that is, <laughs> that yeah. is not sacrifice for this video oh, at yeah. all, she's, like, doing... It's very sexy, like, shimmery. It reminds me of, like, Cell Block Tango. Yes, yes, it does. And, like, she's got this, like, very sexual, Mm -hmm. like, corset on that she looks great in. And, you know, she just, it's a very beautiful video. And he's just, like, sitting there smoking a cigar looking bored. Yeah. And it's like, your woman is literally Beyonce. Yeah. Literally doing all this stuff, like, and you're bored. Mm -hmm. So, got it. Not necessarily... (laughs) counting our blessings now jay are we and another thing too that i neglected to mention earlier and one of my favorite things about drunken love is i love how she calls jay-z baby daddy yeah in that song because Mm -hmm. it really connects the narrative of like she is a mom now like she's had a kid Mm -hmm. and she's also like still a sexual being. Yeah. And, like, we talked about on Blackout, how, like, Ooh Ooh Baby was, like, half about her kid and half, and, like, it was just, like, no, 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 no. Yeah. But, like, this is really a great album from the standpoint of looking at her as a mother. Like, she Mm -hmm. centralizes that in the album, Mm -hmm. and she has much more explicit songs about that Mm -hmm. later. But she also, like, very much centralizes sexuality, and Mm -hmm. many pop stars have done this. Like, this isn't new, Mm -hmm. but I think the way that she does it and marries her sexuality with her motherhood. Yeah. Is, I, I'm not a mother, but I have to imagine <laughs> that that must be really cool to see because so often mm-hmm. the the message about it is like, you become a mom and then you have to be like, button it down and you're not yeah. sexual anymore. You don't have any like interests or desires. It's not about you anymore. Mm-hmm. So like, I love that she's a mother and singing the song Partition mm-hmm. and like that just adds a really important layer that I think should not be ignored in the artistry mm-hmm. of this album. So now we move on to track seven, which is Jealous, which is one of the deep cuts from this album. And I think it probably should be. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I love that uh, the choice that was made to segue partition into Jealous, like that's done pretty explicitly. Um, not all the videos segue into each other quite like that, Mm -hmm. but I did love sort of like with like with sex comes jealousy like that can, that can lead to some complicated feelings. And again, of all the songs on Beyonce, this is really the one Mm -hmm. that felt the most like a premonition of like Beyonce, your intuition is telling you something like Mm -hmm. you have a reason to be jealous. Like he isn't coming home. Like, like he's doing all these things like, yeah, he's cheating on you like you're right Mm -hmm. so that was it was like uncomfortable in a way to engage with this song from that perspective because it was just you really felt for her and she's just like i'm cooking for you naked like i just Mm -hmm. did this whole burlesque show for you yeah and you still seem bored and not interested in me Mm -hmm. i am beyonce (laughs) like (laughs) it just yeah it that felt 
sad and like hard to watch. And then I do think like Jealous is maybe more similar to like the songs she'd done prior to this. Like it doesn't feel like it's particularly groundbreaking given yeah. the groundbreaking nature of all the other songs. It yeah. still is probably a better song <laughs> than the, the average pop deep cut. But yeah, for sure. Yeah, again, I think it just gets a little overshadowed by mm-hmm. some of the other standout moments. And yeah, I just I think the video is a little expected and not mm-hmm. particularly exciting. And yeah, you just kind of feel bad for her because it's like, oh, honey, it's going to get worse. Yeah, no, I'm looking at an article right now that was written by The Atlantic in March 13th, 2014. So this is a couple of months after the album initially dropped. And it's an article titled, Revisiting Beyonce, Could Jealous Be Its Most Important Song? Which I think is definitely revisiting this album in 2021 and knowing that three years later, Lemonade came out and knowing that, knowing everything that happened between Jay-Z and Beyonce during that time, it's definitely heartbreaking to look back in retrospect and to watch this music video to even read the lyrics it's and i know that i'm being hateful but that ain't nothing that ain't nothing i'm just jealous i'm just human don't judge me like there's it's like i don't judge you like you have a reason to be suspicious right now like Mm -hmm. yeah and i i do love like the statement is so interesting like Mm -hmm. isolating it from what the real events are going to be and again like Mm-hmm. I like that it was on here even before we like know Jay is gonna cheat on her because yeah. it does show that like yes a lot of this album is about like how wonderful my relationship is and how great our sex is but like mm-hmm. there's also like yeah. insecurities and doubts mm-hmm. there so like I again celebrate the statement mm-hmm. of it in the context of the album uh, and yeah I just it's like yeah I'm only human like I get, it's just oh I feel for her like yeah. she really brings the emotion here like again another mm-hmm. I want to give Beyonce her flowers here. Like, another really powerful mm-hmm. aspect of this album is just, like, how mm-hmm. emotionally charged she is, and you can just tell. And, like, that's a big, yeah. a bold thing to do. Like, just mm-hmm. to put yourself out there in the ways that she does on this yeah. album. Like, it, it really is, um, and it's impeccable artistry. So, now we arrive at Rocket, which is track eight, and I believe Justin Timberlake was one of the main contributors for this track. Yeah, the yeah. the main like the main mm-hmm. star is Miguel. Yeah, who I am a huge Miguel fan and have been for mm-hmm. quite some time. I remember when Kaleidoscope Dream came out. Mm-hmm. I was a big fan of that album, and I have just been so impressed with Wild Heart and War and Leisure, which are the albums yeah. that he's released after that. Mm-hmm. All three of them are amongst my favorite albums of all time. Yeah. So, uh, Miguel wrote a song mm-hmm. for Beyonce. And this was really, like, Miguel, It was he's interesting because he's been, like, right at the cusp of having, like, a really mainstream breakthrough. And I definitely think he has yeah. a lot of, like, he's, he's well-known. Like, mm-hmm. I don't think he's, like, super under the radar. Yeah. But he... I think at this time was about ready to like cross over and then maybe less so did. And maybe that mm-hmm. was his own choice. I, I don't really know. I, he's one of those artists that I don't necessarily know too much about his like personal background in his career, but I just listen to his music fairly frequently. Yeah. But anyway, I, I see Miguel and I, mm-hmm. I hit like, you know, like I, I was very much excited to see that he was a contributor on this album. And this just sounds like a Miguel mm-hmm. song. Yeah. I 
The thing about it, I think Rocket and Blow are very connected to me. Yeah. And I think Rocket is a better song, but Blow is a better video, mm-hmm. is kind of how I've, I've seen those compared. But then, yes, Justin Timberlake mm-hmm. and um, Timbaland also wrote the song. Mm-hmm. And James Fauntleroy. So yeah. we're back with our all-star cast. And Timbaland did produce it mm-hmm. as well. I'm a big fan of Rocket. This was also one of those songs where I was like, do you want me to leave? Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> and uh, like, it really mm-hmm. is like the narration of like a full sexual experience with like yeah. starting slow and then like mm-hmm. getting into it and then like having that like, as Beyonce says, the cigarette at the end. Yes. So, yeah, I think mm-hmm. this is a great a standout moment on the track list for me. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it was also inspired by D'Angelo's Untitled How Does It Feel, which is an album I'm not familiar with but have yeah. been interested in diving into. Mm-hmm. And I think some of the lines are like the that's mass appeal is a little eye roll inducing. Yeah. But I just think the vibe and that the song takes its time and takes mm-hmm. you on this sexual journey. Like I love that she went there and just it's just fun and pretty mm-hmm. and I I'm a fan of Miguel, so mm-hmm. I like I like his song structures and the way that mm-hmm. things flow. Yeah, I, yeah, this is, Rocket is kind of everything that I wanted from Blow. I feel like it's just, I feel like Blow is kind of like a rough draft of Beyonce. had two very similar songs, and she decided to put both on there. I do like the video for Blow a bit more than Rocket, just because the I The Rocket video yeah. is boring. Yeah, it's, it's, it's mainly, just boring. Yeah, I'm it's sorry. just her in a bedroom, it's black and white. So many amazing music videos. I'm a fan of this album. Rocket, as a video, let me down. But I feel like in terms of all the songs that that discuss sex on this album, besides Partition, I think this is one of the most successful ones. Just that opening, let me sit this ass on you. Every time. I, like, okay. Yeah, I'm like, you We know, know what this is about. Yeah, it cuts, it gets right to the point, and I feel like it has a build to it. I feel like it builds. I feel like... There's a climax. Blow, yeah, there's a climax. Yeah, that's what I felt was kind of missing from uh, Blow, It's that it just felt very kind of just repetitive. I feel like there is a very clear, there's a build and there's a payoff for Rocket, and I, I really like it. I really like it. It works for me. Again, not one of my favorite videos from this album, but it was also cool to see that Beyonce's like profile picture on Spotify was take was a screen cap taken from this video specifically. Like, yeah, was, like, I was confused about and that. I was too. like, I reckon, and I was like, oh, so that's where that image. Well, came and from. especially after Lemonade, like it's yeah. just that's not even her most recent album to yeah. take a screen grab. She looks great. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's a Beyonce. great, it's she a phenomenal photo. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it was that was interesting. It was like yeah, I was, all the songs, I noticed like, all the that music too. videos, and I was like, this is the choose. This is the one you choose to pull from, but who knows? Yeah, there's all just lyrically too. I'm looking at the lyrics right now. Like this is there's a lot of structure to it. Like I think this is definitely one of the more like lyrically driven songs. There's a lot of specificity to it. I like it. So let's move along to track nine. Mine. It rhymes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, featuring Drake, another mm-hmm. collaboration, and this was produced and written by Forty, also mm-hmm. as oh, well nice. as Drake and mm-hmm. um, Majid Jordan uh, mm-hmm. produced it, which oh. they're you know frequent Drake collaborators, and they also have some great mm-hmm. stuff. Yeah, I was gonna say solo, but they're a duo. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they yeah. have some great duo stuff. <laughs> yeah. And, yeah, Forty is a, a well-established Drake producer and, I think, an architect mm-hmm. of 
a sound that's very present on mine that was also very big and influential mm-hmm. at this like mid early 2010s era mm-hmm. um and like this i drake is such an interesting figure in the pop landscape yeah this is my favorite time period period of drake like the take mm-hmm. care era nothing yeah. like that whole drake like lo-fi mm-hmm. sort of vibe that he was definitely a participant of popularizing along mm-hmm. with the weekend yeah that was like the height of how i like that's my favorite drake stuff so i mm-hmm. was happy to see this song was embedded in that time frame yeah from drake and you know of course drake is mm-hmm. now like I I don't want to say he wasn't famous at the point of no he was he was definitely a big deal but his star was not quite as massive as it is now I mean now I would say he is the most famous person in the music industry like there's other people I think that you could argue for but just in Mm -hmm. terms of like commercial and like Mm -hmm. ubiquity culturally like I think it it would have to be Drake but. Mm-hmm. Again, this was still he was still very famous, but I, I just he was still kind of on the rise at this time. I would say. Yeah, I I've never really been a huge Drake fan. Of course, I know all of his big stuff because he is. If you follow pop music at all, if you listen to the radio at all from like if you have heard a song in yes. the last like ten years, yes, <laughs> you have heard at least one Drake song, or at the bare 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 minimum, at least one Drake feature. There's what? just two. You yeah. can't have missed them They're all. True. Like, I, yeah, and I think ultimately, like his, he was at the height of. I feel like, I mean, I feel like 2015 to 2018 was really where he was just like at the height of his powers. I don't know. He still is though. Yeah. Like he again recently like smashed a chart record that the Beatles had for forever, mm-hmm. where he debuted nine out of ten songs in the mm-hmm. top ten. Like, wow. It that's never happened before charting wise, mm-hmm. which. Again, the charts aren't everything, but yeah. I think it's just He has mastered show. the charts, and he has also mastered streaming. I think in terms mm-hmm. of, like, streaming success, he is, like, if you go on to, like, Spotify, like, if you go on to, like, someone like Ariana Grande's page, or Billie Eilish's page, or whoever, Ed Sheeran's page, like, it'll have, like, a little circle that'll give them, like, a ranking in the world, mm-hmm. like, 8th in the world, 15th in the world. And, like, I think Drake has consistently been ranked at number one. And if he's not at number one, he's, He's like, like, guaranteed to be in the top five. Yeah, he's either, honestly, probably top three. Yeah, I mean, it it changes, you know, depending on what's going on. But, yeah. In any case, welcome, Drake, to this podcast. I'm sure we'll talk much more about you. Oh, yes. (laughs) As as time goes on. This is actually an interesting introduction for him, though. Yeah, interesting. Um, I'm happy to Mm -hmm. start him off, like, at this 2013 time frame for for Drake. And, yeah, back to Beyonce. Back to Beyonce. (laughs) The star here. Uh Uh, I think, I mean, again, it seems like everyone in this world has to have a Drake collaboration at some point. And the Mm -hmm. fact that this is what their collaboration is, I like it. It was not a song that stood out to me much in the first or even second listen through, my roommate actually, when mm-hmm. I was looking at the track list and like talking to her about doing this podcast, she was like, I like mine. Mm-hmm. That's a good one. So that kind of made me revisit it. Mm-hmm. And I really do love, the things I love about mine are it really takes you through these different movements of the song. Yeah. And I love like when the beat picks up and you've mm-hmm. got Drake kind of doing his Drake thing. Yeah. Like that, that feels really epic and mm-hmm. great. 
Again, the song deals, I think, lyrically with a lot of the similar themes of just, like, not feeling adequate as a parent and, like, your relationship struggles when you have a kid. Mm-hmm. And these are all kind of themes that I think are great and maybe, like, more expertly tackled on some other songs. Again, I think this song is really good, but mm-hmm. the bar is quite high with this album. I think this whole album is really good. Yeah. So no shade just like maybe not my very favorite from this album i think there is some dead space in it yeah i also think the music video it sort of like follows ghosts like there's a lot of yeah. flowy fabric yeah and... it's much more abstracted yeah and there's like text that like on like the sheet like face that says mine and like it's much more like representational mm-hmm. but or much more abstract lots of talented yeah. very hot dancers yeah for sure. Yeah, I agree. This is not a standout track for me. I feel like for me, Drake is very much hit or miss. And I feel like he's not bad on this track. And I don't I don't think Beyonce is either. It's just I not one that I find particularly memorable, both in my original listens through and even revisiting this album. It's not one that's ever really stood out to me. And I don't know if maybe one day it will grab me. But I feel like it's time has not arrived yet. <laughs> Yeah, well, I could see it, like, mm-hmm. being on some interesting playlists yeah. again. Like, I think if you took it out of the album and put mm-hmm. it somewhere else, like, yeah. it would maybe shine a bit more, too. Yeah. Which is kind of how I feel about No Angel, also. Mm-hmm. Um, a question. You're the art student here. Yes. I, I'm mm-hmm. just, uh, you know, a pleb. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what was going on with, like, the person that was, like, painted white, and then mm-hmm. she has the mask that's herself? Like, did you... Mm-hmm. I wasn't sure totally what the artistic statement was there. Um, did you have any interpretations of that? I, it's honestly, I was not able to come at like a concrete, like interpretation of it. I feel like it's a music video. I'd have to watch a couple of more times to really formulate like a full like analysis or critique of. I feel like since I've never really had a particular attachment to the song when I was watching each video in order, I honestly just kind of zoned out (laughs) at this part. Yeah, I... I thought it was interesting. Like, maybe the mask represents, like, mm-hmm. how she has, like, the statue yeah. thing. It's like, maybe this is how everyone sees her as, like, a monument. And yeah. she's trying to show that she's an actual person. Yeah. Which, Which would again, fall in line it, with the album's themes. It's just such an interesting, like, exercise to watch Beyonce trying to be like, no, I'm just like you. And having to be like, but you're not. <laughs> you're Beyonce. Yeah. <laughs> like, and again, I... that is something that I think becomes like a bit irritating about her brand is she is put on such a pedestal. Yeah. But it cannot be denied. Like she just has like superhuman talent in terms of like being able to sing Mm -hmm. the way that she does and being able to dance the way she does and Mm -hmm. having that high level of creative control and so many of the things that she does here Mm -hmm. is really high level artistic stuff. Yeah. Which again, like... I, I feel like if I we did this deep dive a year from now, there's a mm-hmm. bunch of other little things I would have picked out. You know, I think... Mm-hmm. I, I worry we might not do justice to this just because, like, yeah. there's, there's so, so much. much. You could literally take a magnifying glass over every mm-hmm. detail. You know, the mask thing being one that, like... Yeah. We could I, haven't, I haven't studied it as thoroughly just because, you know, there's yeah. only... There's so many other things to talk about here. Yeah, absolutely. But, yeah, I, I didn't find the video to be, like my favorite wasn't probably yeah. wouldn't put it in my top five mm-hmm. but again i'm i like what it brings to the table and i i think it's a real collaboration like you can really mm-hmm. hear like this is fully a drake song and fully a beyonce song which mm-hmm. i like yeah 
So now we arrive at track 10, which is EXO, which is released as one of the album's lead singles in tandem with Drunken Love. And, I and think, we also neglected to mention Partition yeah. was released oh, yes. as the second single. Yes, absolutely. And then the album's final single, we will talk we'll about. We'll get to that yes, next. Yes, we will get to that next. But yes, for now, EXO is a song that I personally really enjoy and also have a lot of very fond memories with. I remember when I was a freshman in high school, there was a guy that I had a crush on. I was a freshman, he was a senior, and he performed this song at like one of our school's like talent shows, and it was very beautiful. So whenever this is I- such a pretentious song to yeah. sing in a high school <laughs> talent show. <laughs> He did it justice, though. He did Good it. For him. He did it justice. It was like a do. It was a duet as well with someone with one of his friends, and it was very. It was very well done. It was very well done. So whenever I think of that song, I think of him. But yeah, I think this is definitely like kind of. It falls into the similar similar territory as Pretty Hurts, where I think it's one of the album's more accessible tracks. Uh, I know Ryan Tedder is was a collaborator on this track and I and think... he is the lead singer of the band One Republic. And yes. he also does a lot of songwriting as mm-hmm. well. He shows up pretty frequently in the yeah. credits of He's an incredible he's an incredible songwriter and I think it's like knowing that I think this makes complete sense as a song that involved Ryan Tedder's Ryan Oh Tedder. yeah, you can and hear I, it Yes, for this sure. is very much a Ryan Tedder production and I think it very much falls within his sensibilities, I think Beyonce is able to do it justice. And I, it's a song, personal memories aside, I've always really enjoyed. I think it's a very sort of sweet and sincere ballad. Uh, the music video as well, I also think is really strong. It's Beyonce at Coney Island and she's just, she's having fun. She's playing carnival games. She's doing bumper cars. She's on a Ferris wheel. Like it very much captures kind of this youthful exuberance and just this kind of joy of, you know, being in love, young and in love, you know, even though that Beyonce was a married and a mother and an adult, it feels like her kind of reconnecting with her younger self and just, you know, it's, a, I think, a really powerful moment of joy to witness on screen and how she interacts with the crowds at Coney Island and everything like that. I think there's a really great sense of kind of community within the video itself. And yeah, I've, I've always really enjoyed it. And I think it's, I don't think it's the strongest effort on this album, but I think it has always been, as if you need a stop, if you need a solid Beyonce ballad to sing at karaoke, I think there are far worse ones you could pick. <laughs> to sing to make Blake have a crush on you. Yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I agree that the video, I think the the XO video is my favorite. Mm-hmm. I haven't like fully decided which one's my very favorite, but the XO one is mm-hmm. up there. In watching the visual album, and again, I've talked about this earlier, but like there is a very like distant steeliness mm-hmm. to Beyonce's aura yeah. some of the time. And I definitely, like, No Angel, it was one of the hardest ones for me to get through Mm -hmm. from that perspective. And I was really looking for her to, like, show, I guess, some more humanness and, like, human interaction. And I was like, she's not really, like, she is interacting with other people, but, like, not, like, the emotion is not coming to her eyes, you know? Like, Mm -hmm. it's it's not really interacting. It's like, they're dancers, and they're they're doing their job, and you're doing their job. Mm -hmm. And I found, like, she's laughing with people, she's dancing with people. Like, the connection, the human connection that is very 
absent from a lot of these videos comes through in such mm. a nice way. And it's like, yeah. okay, I finally do see you as, like, the, the human Beyonce, mm. which I think she is trying really hard to put forth with this album. So I just really celebrate and identify the message here in the the EXO video that makes it makes this album really work. And again, I think it is placed well. That being said, I'm not a huge fan of EXO. The first thing I want to comment on is at the beginning of the song, they take an excerpt from the audio recording of the Challenger, which for the younger listeners was this really tragic instance of I don't remember what year this happened but I was not alive mm -hmm. but th they sent up some astronauts in a spaceship called the Challenger and there were some malfunctions mm -hmm. and actually we studied this in my psychology courses mm -hmm. about how like mm -hmm. really they were malfunctions that could have gotten solved but because there was like social pressure to mm -hmm. like societal pressure to have this big event and this big uh, thing for NASA like they sort of crunched some calculations in such a way that they shouldn't have and so a couple like I think 40 seconds after takeoff there was like a fire and a combustion and like mm -hmm. the whole thing exploded and like yeah everyone on board died and uh it was like broadcast like this was a big uh promotion for NASA like students were watching this in school when yeah. this happened so it was just a really terrible tragedy mm -hmm. and the purpose that Beyonce and all had in putting this sample at the beginning of this song was to just say like hold the ones close to you close mm -hmm. because like you never know what's going to happen like kind of in an instant this challenger tragedy happened and mm -hmm. the intention was I think honestly to like honor and remember the lives lost in the challenger yeah but that is not how NASA and the families of the the people that were lost on that day felt about that. And, like, mm -hmm. there was some backlash, and people just felt like it. that's not really something you should use in, like, mm -hmm. as an intro to a pop song. Mm -hmm. And I gotta say, like, I didn't really love Beyonce and team's response of being like, well, Beyonce puts a lot of intention behind the things that she does, and... Like, this was meant to honor... It was just sort of, like, telling people how they were supposed to take it. Yeah. And, like, that's not really your place. Like, mm -hmm. if people found that offensive, that lost family members that day, like, it, this is just not something you should put in a song yeah. without clearing it with the mm -hmm. families first. Yeah. So it seems like that homework was not done, so that sample probably shouldn't have been used. And I'm sure there's mm -hmm. other things that could have taken its place yeah. to get the same message across. Again, I don't think Beyonce was trying to be harmful in doing that, yeah. but I think the response could have been like, yeah, mm -hmm. that was a mistake. We should have asked you guys first mm -hmm. and made sure this was okay, and we didn't, and we'll take it out, and the songs could still stand without it, mm -hmm. and it, it, it's not taken down, and it, you know, I don't know. Mm -hmm. I don't think that that's great. And then, in terms of the song, I do love her vocals. She recorded the song when she had a sinus infection mm -hmm. and it was like a demo and she ended up advocating to leave in the sinus infection vocals. <laughs> and she definitely does like knowing that she has a sinus infection when she recorded it, you can definitely hear it, but like yeah. it's part of like celebrating the imperfection. And I mm -hmm. do think that that vocal quality imparts the right thing into yeah. the song. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, I think 
maybe it's because it's commercial and so much of what I love about this album is like the shirking of commercialism. Mm -hmm. Like maybe that's what bothers me about it. Maybe I just think it's kind of boring. I don't know. It just doesn't quite resonate with me Mm -hmm. in the same way. And I do think there are a lot of other Beyonce love songs that I would play above this if I were (laughs) seeking them out. I know this was a really critically acclaimed song, but I just, it sounds a lot like Halo and Halo seems cleaner to me. Mm -hmm. But in any case, I'm glad you like it. And that's a very fun story that you have to remember it by. Mm -hmm. Well, on an album with a whole ton of quotable moments, Mm -hmm. track 11, Flawless, Maybe the most quotable of them all. Mm-hmm. This song just riddles off catchphrase after catchphrase after catchphrase. I woke up like this. Yes. You've heard this. If you've never oh, heard yes. the song Flawless, I mm-hmm. guarantee you you've heard this. In, oh, yes. Absolutely. In culture. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, Flawless. Maybe the most iconic song from this album? I, I think I, it's in the argument for it. I honestly think so. I think this is for sure one of the most either the top spot or at least top three for most culturally significant from this album. And I think both the original and the remix. So we're going to be talking both about the original, which features Chimamanda Ngozi Adichie. Yes, which this is a, that is an interpolation of a TED Talk that she did, which is a wonderful... Which I was actually familiar with. I didn't, this was, I I knew the song Flawless, but I don't think I'd ever like listened to it a whole lot. Mm -hmm. But I was familiar with the TED Talk and I remember like, like, it came up in the song, and I was like, oh my gosh. Yes. <laughs> I've heard this before. Yes, mm-hmm. and she is a Nigerian writer, mm-hmm. um, and she's just a, a prominent African woman, which we love to see. Yeah. She's an excellent writer. I Another high school memory is that I read one of her books in my 10th grade English class, which is Half of a Yellow Sun, which is an incredible book. But I think to be an English teacher teaching this author in 2015, I think she, uh, my English teacher at the time, of course played Flawless, and then that ultimately segued in to us learning about her. And I, that Mm. is totally, like, a great result of this album, and, like, I'm, like... Beyonce, like, thank you for spotlighting this person's music, or not music. <laughs> thank you for spotlighting this person's really well-put-together TED Talk. I love her conception of feminism, and yeah. I am not a woman and have not grown up with that experience in this world, but mm-hmm. the the way that Chimamanda described things made a lot of sense to me. Yeah. And, like, in in terms that I hadn't necessarily thought about for just, like, how women are primed to be in competition with each other, but it's competition over a man, over men, rather yeah. than over, like, success and, and how toxic that is and how mm-hmm. frustrating. And, yeah, it just, it was great to hear Beyonce's kind of more colloquial version mm-hmm. of third-wave feminism yeah. embedded in, like, I'm not the expert on this. Let the expert tell you, like, mm-hmm. in more intellectual terms. And, yeah. like, I'll tell you what this means for me in my day-to-day mm-hmm. life. Like, I yeah. felt like there was a really good play of accessibility and then intellectualism. Mm-hmm. And, like, I was reading, there was some critiques of, like, oh, Beyonce, like, watered down Jimamanda's message and, like, wasn't respectful of it. And I really would disagree. Yeah. Like, I think 
she stayed in her lane mm-hmm. and spotlighted somebody else who's doing great work. Yeah. So I was I I celebrate the choice to have the TED talk in the song. Yeah, and I like how Beyonce handled it. It was it was well done. Yeah. And and again, the star here is Chimamanda. Like yeah. it's a great TED talk. Please watch it. Yeah, um, I am a fan of hers as well. And she really loved this song. Mm-hmm. And she was like, there were people that heard my TED talk that never would have. Yeah, if that, this song hadn't come out. Yeah, absolutely. I think its inclusion is so important to the overall message of the song. And I think and the album. Yeah, and the album. And I mean, this is another thing that let's forget what the contents of the speech is like. Who puts a speech in the middle of their song? Like, yeah. it's a great idea. And mm-hmm. something new and something different plays further on the experimental nature of this album. And I love that mm-hmm. this song has become more popular. I think the Nicki Minaj version is probably more popular. Yeah. But they also do still keep part of the the TED Talk to Amanda does mm-hmm. in in that version as well. So, yeah. Yeah, I love I love the spotlight of this. Like, this is all... Mm-hmm. this great artistic stuff and it has a message. Mm-hmm. Again, when Beyonce gets praised for stuff like this, like this mm-hmm. is, I think, a really good example of her doing it really well. Yeah, and then there's also the remix featuring Nicki Minaj, <laughs> which what what a controversial character yes. she's become these days. I actually oh, yes. recently found like a reel of Fox News like mm-hmm. dissing her like through oh. the years, mm-hmm. and now that she's become like a champion of anti-vaxxing, yeah. they're like Nicki Minaj is a hero, like. <laughs> They're trying to cancel her, too. How could this happen? Like, Mm -hmm. I just, I thought it was so, it's funny. And I'm sure there's hypocrites everywhere, but it just was a good. Oh, yes. It it was a very, like, hmm, Tucker Carlson really seemed to come around on Nikki. Yeah, absolutely. But I think with her guest verse here, she absolutely crushes it. She sounds unstoppable. Yes, this is one of, there are so many iconic lines. Literally, I was listening to this album where I was grocery shopping yesterday and i was like you know i was in the grocery store and like this came on and i was like in my head i was like i know every single lyric (laughs) to nikki to nikki's verse because of how much i used to listen to it in high school like i was looking at my 2017 spotify wrapped and both the original and remix version of flawless were both included and this was like the number nine or number 10 song like the Nicki minaj remix i think both of them are just at the height of their powers in this song and even watching the music video for it if you go onto youtube and you find the playlist with all the music videos from the visual album this is the last one and it is a filmed performance from i believe the tour that beyonce did for this album which i think was called the miss carter show well, that yeah. was, like, going on yeah. while the mm-hmm. album came out. Mm-hmm. And so then she, after it came out, she incorporated, yeah. like, medleys and some of the songs. Yeah. And then later she did mm-hmm. a tour yeah. that was more focused on this but album. Yeah. There, but, yeah, essentially the music video for this song is them performing, Nikki and Beyonce performing the song live. And just the way that they bounce off of each other is just, dare I say, flawless. It's, yeah, it's two very, and again, this was really around the height of Nicki Minaj mania. Mm -hmm. And again, there's some things that I really don't celebrate about Nicki Minaj, but she entered the game, uh, the rap game, Mm -hmm. as like the only like mainstream female rapper. Mm -hmm. And I think she had to present herself and carry herself in a certain way to even get a seat at the table. And I mean, 
society really treated female rappers like mm-hmm. as a one at a time sort of deal and yeah. like a lot of female rappers felt very threatened by her and I think in turn she has felt very threatened by other female rappers and mm-hmm. this really did take me back to a time of like I am so glad that mm-hmm. there are so many female rappers working right now like you've got Megan Thee Stallion and Cardi B and Lizzo like yeah. I'm just glad that we're in a different place as a society where we can celebrate female rappers more. Mm-hmm. Um, because if you look at like who was who was uh, Beyonce going to tap at that time, it was like Nicki Minaj is really the only person that can kind of match her mm-hmm. for star power. For sure. I will say, I wish both in the mm-hmm. background of this album and on the track list itself that there was more female collaborations and yeah. female contributors. Mm-hmm. Like, Beyonce is obviously a woman, Nicki Minaj is a woman, and then Chimamanda Ngozi mm-hmm. Adichie, and then her daughter, Blue, is another yeah. featured artist. But there, there's a lot of collaborations with men, a lot of men behind the scenes, which is not... Yeah. This is not the only album that that's the case. In fact, mm-hmm. it's pretty much the case all the time. Yeah. But for such a powerful feminist statement, you know, it would be great mm-hmm. to hear some more female voices highlighted in the same way that a lot of male voices have been elevated by Beyonce on this album. Yeah. So, yeah, it's mm-hmm. a, I sort of wish that was lived up to a little bit more. But mm-hmm. again, I don't want to hold Beyonce to a higher standard than anybody mm-hmm. else because she's Beyonce. And I, I worry that I do that when I mm-hmm. have expressed those critiques and I don't mean mm-hmm. to. Yeah. And I think the one thing I will say about at least Flawless, the original music video, is that I did feel a little let down by it. I no, think- this whole like lumberjack outfit she has on yeah. is like... It's, I like that it's a risk. Yeah. But also, like, you think this song is so, like, synonymous with girl power. Yeah. You'd think, like, maybe try it for, like, an all-female video. No, yeah. she's just, like, at some, like, cheap rave. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> like a, it's like a, looks like an underground, like, punk show, or, like, there's, like, people, like, moshing. And I think what I find really interesting, I don't know if I would necessarily characterize this as a missed opportunity, but what Flawless, the song, at least with Chimamanda's uh, interpolation, it does at the end is it has, similar to Pretty Hurts, is it where it has another one of kind of like the audio interludes where it's like it's Beyonce on Star Search and she's a part of Girls Time and they, the girl group that she was a part of ends up competing against this other group that, at least in the music video, is revealed to be white men. And so it's this group of young black girls competing against these white men. No, and I yeah. think this actually yeah. happened. Like yeah, the this actually happened. Skeleton crew did win yeah, against and so, them. This was like a challenger type situation. I've yeah. never watched Star Search, but Me that's neither. my impression. But yeah, and I think that dynamic is really interesting. And so I would like, I would have liked to seen like that like pushed more since it's a part of a song. But I just felt like there was kind of a disconnect between mm-hmm. the song and the video. In the song, listening to it just by itself, I think it makes sense, but I feel like in the context of the video, having, like, this Star Search, like, outro, I would have liked to see, I would have liked to have seen that incorporated into the main video a bit more. Yeah, and Mm -hmm. again, I do think that that Star Search emphasis, like, it's so interesting diving into, like, Beyonce's world and, like, what Mm -hmm. she was intending to say with that and then, like, what other interpretations could have been and again like mm-hmm. this album talks a lot about like taking the L and like taking it but then sometimes like it's like but are you losing like you have this great relationship that you're so mm-hmm. proud of like you're yeah. this 
empowered sexual mother you have this amazing child like yeah mm-hmm. things life happens like things are not always the greatest but in mm-hmm. terms of like it seems like things are going pretty well yeah. again the l to mm-hmm. me is that the mm-hmm. marriage is about to like yeah. be really fundamentally mm-hmm. shaken so but yeah no there's a little bit of that like just Beyonce expects so much perfectionism from herself and I just mm-hmm. anthropologically I thought it was really interesting how like <laughs> who remembers losing something when you're nine years old the, like yeah. the work ethic that she has and you know, mm-hmm. the career that she's had since then like I can it, it's interesting that she we're revisiting that so mm-hmm. much and yeah. what does that mean and the whole thing with trophies yeah it's yeah it's just yeah. fascinating but yeah, yeah I I was expecting Flawless to be a little more girl power and that maybe was too expected but yeah. I also think it would have fit with mm-hmm. what the song was and what my, I understand the message to be. Yeah. Charting-wise, I've neglected the charts, so mm-hmm. I'll, I'll p- okay. plug in that Partition peaked at number 45 mm-hmm. and uh, Mine peaked at number 82, so these mm-hmm. were not, you know, huge charting songs. And Flawless actually surprisingly peaked at 41. Mm-hmm. So for being the major song that it is i mean really like it's kind of a movement in a song and like everyone yeah. was quoting this everyone was talking about it it is mm-hmm. surprising to me yeah that it wasn't really reflected that much on chart metrics mm-hmm. and this has been a curious thing about beyonce that i wanted to bring up now mm-hmm. in that you know beyonce had a lot of chart success with destiny's child and yeah. then a lot of chart success with um you know, her early mm-hmm. solo career, you know, several number ones, several really big songs. And mm-hmm. again, this album did top the Billboard 200. Like, she's yeah. still had chart successes. But really, this album announces, like, the end of her solo songs, like, mm-hmm. being commercially super successful. Yeah. Which, I don't know. Like, I, I a lot of these songs, mm-hmm. I don't think she cares. And yeah. that's totally fine. Mm-hmm. But it's just when you look at her reputation as mm-hmm. being, like, one of the most celebrated, influential women in the industry. Yeah. And you don't see this very, like, powerful metric matching this level of success. Like, mm-hmm. you just have to... I, I ask questions about inherent, like, racial bias and inherent sex bias in some of these metrics. I'm like... Mm-hmm. She was really defining the culture with a lot of this stuff. It's weird Mm -hmm. that it wasn't more successful, even though I don't think that needs to be evaluated when looking at it as an artistic piece. And I'm I'm glad that it's not Mm -hmm. overshadowed by that. But Mm -hmm. I don't know. It seems like there are some bigger hits here than were reflected on the charts. Yeah. So now we arrive at track number 12 which is superpower <laughs> yes uh superpower featuring one frank ocean frank welcome to the podcast yes frank welcome to the podcast are you a big frank fan yes okay i, I feel like everyone is oh I just, yes i wanted to ask in the same like 2017 time period that was also i was Frank Ocean was about 90% of what I listened to. Oh, he's and so good. Yes, he is incredible. Are you on Team Blonde or Team Channel Orange? I think we've talked about this before. I feel like both are so special to me for such different reasons. It's hard. It's so hard to decide. I'm but very much Team Channel Orange, but I, 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 I respect and love all Frank. So Yeah, I would say I, I may be with you on Channel Orange. 
Oh, I we, think... we have got to do Channel Orange at some yes, point. Yes, Channel Orange, and absolutely, a monumental record in every sense of the word. Yes. But I... And I'm not at all surprising that Beyonce would want to collaborate yeah, with especially. Frank. <laughs> Considering this was 2013, this was right after Channel Orange had come out, mm-hmm. I think definitely... I'm sure a lot of people were wanting to collaborate with Frank at this time. And he's someone who is also very pretty selective about And Beyonce is someone you say yes to. Yes. <laughs> if Beyonce asks, mm-hmm. we say yes. Yes. That said, I don't not like this song, but it somehow doesn't feel as urgent as a lot of the other songs on this album. Yeah. It, I feel like, thinking about all the potential that a Beyonce and Frank Ocean collab could have, it doesn't exactly live up to to all that it could be. I feel like there's definitely some potential here. Yeah, I don't I, think it's a bad song by any means. I like it. But yeah, yeah I just... I, in doing this, I just felt like it gets a little lost every yeah. time. Like, I don't think it's one that I remember mm-hmm. when I think about this album as... A whole which i think is surprising given that it is you know frank ocean and beyonce mm-hmm. like th- that yeah. shouldn't be as forgettable as yeah i remember listening to this album in high school and like really getting into frank and then really getting into this album and seeing that the two of them had this collaboration and i remember like putting it on and like back in high school being like i wanted more from this and like now now listening to it again in 2021 I'm still kind of the same way. I'm like, I want more from this. I think there's a nice kind of sense of intrigue to it, like especially with the music video. Essentially, it starts out with Beyonce in a parking garage and she's wearing like this mask and like kind of like this, I don't even know how to describe it. It's like this like, ski outfit (laughs) she looks like she's gonna like pull up a heist with her girlfriends yes and then like other people in masks join her and then she's like walking through what it looks to be like an abandoned mall parking garage parking garage mall it like transitions it's and then it ultimately like ends with like this march and it's like beyonce and her whole squad up against like police with like the plastic shields and everything and it's so it leads up to this face-off between the two of them but it ultimately ends before that happens yeah this it's irritating to me like Mm -hmm. i feel like it's pretty boring yeah also destiny's child shows up and Mm -hmm. pharrell williams is there too yeah frank ocean is not there yeah it's it's like kind of like who's where but I just feel like the it's boring and like yeah. the video ends when it gets good. And like mm-hmm. I, I it's obviously I think mm-hmm. police brutality against the black community specifically yeah was a, a subject of conversation in 2013 it's a subject of conversation now. Yeah. It feels like it's a commentary on it but I'm mm-hmm. I think the statement could have been mm-hmm. clearer or just I I wish it went places that it sort of teases that it's going and then it doesn't. Like, it just yeah. kind of feels like a plug for anarchy a little bit, but I, I'm not totally sure mm-hmm. what happens. And I, again, like, I think it was maybe a mistake to set up the video mm-hmm. with, like, 
all this potential energy. Yeah. And the song is so slow. Mm-hmm. And have the video be so slow and not really, like, it just feels like it needs, like, you need to, like, turn the key and rev the engine a little bit to get some juice back in there. Definitely. It's a, it's an interesting song for sure. And I feel like Beyonce definitely confronts the subject of police brutality a lot more head on in the music video for Formation a couple of years exactly. down. Exactly. So no, I feel it's like this is certainly something that she's yeah. not shy about oh, talking yeah, about. Absolutely. I feel like this is kind of like a rough draft of like what she wanted to talk about with Formation. And, and what Frank Ocean wanted to talk about with Blonde, yeah. too, because he talks a lot about police brutality in that record too i think it's more the idea of a beyonce frank ocean collab existing and being on this album is more what is like memorable or noteworthy about this track less Mm -hmm. so the the actual actual track so heaven is track number 13 yep (laughs) and she's there yep she's there so here's the thing again I, this album is really good, mm-hmm. really strong. I just feel like there's better songs about death. Yeah. Um, there's speculation that this song was about, she's singing it to, she had a miscarriage before mm-hmm. Blue, so she's singing this to the baby that miscarried, mm-hmm. which I did love the placement of Heaven and then Blue mm-hmm. from that perspective. I guess it was actually about her mom who lost a friend that was significant. And then in mm-hmm. the video, mm-hmm. she's like kind of mirrors this relationship with one of her dancers and one of them dies. Yeah. And like you can tell this song has like real personal significance to her. Like those look like mm-hmm. very real tears in the music video. Mm-hmm. But again, like I just don't like i i feel like songs about death i wouldn't return to this like after the loss of a Mm -hmm. loved one or like after a a painful loss yeah i i think heaven couldn't wait for you like i think that's that's a cute way to Mm -hmm. like reference death yeah but i don't know that it's as strong as the rest of the album but i do like it and and again i think it leads nicely into blue which is Mm -hmm. the next track so yeah, I think the, the video was good, mm-hmm. maybe a little artsy-fartsy at times, mm-hmm. but again, this is a, a stunning artistic work. I think it holds its own. Mm-hmm. I don't have a problem with it, but mm-hmm. I, don't, I, I don't feel as celebratory of it as some other moments on this album. Yeah. I I agree. I think it's a solid track. I think the Heaven Couldn't Wait For You, again, is an interesting way to examine death. And I, I did like the music video. I felt it felt very much kind of like the most kind of, I wouldn't say realistic, but like it felt kind of like the most like a slice of life and less sort of having like a super thought out narrative to it. I think there still is a narrative to here, but I think there's definitely a little bit more there's a little bit more intimacy to it, and I think there's there's a humanity to it that I really appreciate, and I think it's a nice, I think it's a nice, it's a very calm moment. I don't think it's the most standout from this record, but it's still, it's still interesting. I could see the song growing on me with time. And finally, we have made it to track number 14, which is the final track on the standard release of the album, which is Blue, which features Beyonce's own daughter, Blue Ivy. It's also named Blue. Yes. Beyonce's daughter. Yes. Track 14, Blue. 
This song makes my heart happy. Yes. It is so just sweet to mm-hmm. listen to this love letter to her mm-hmm. daughter. And when she comes in at the end and is like, Ma, it's just, oh, it just melts yeah. your heart. Mm-hmm. This is really a standout track for me on mm-hmm. Beyonce. A great way to end. Mm-hmm. And really explicitly connecting motherhood to yeah. this fully formed, grown, mm-hmm. sexual woman that she is. Mm-hmm. Uh, does that really explicitly and that's great to see. There's definitely mm-hmm. the whole like pop star singing songs about their kids. Like those yeah. songs can usually end up being amongst the most like maudlin schmaltzy yeah. numbers mm-hmm. and I don't think Blue the song suffers from mm-hmm. that and I just you can tell she's really jazzed about being a mom yeah. and that's just it's it's sweet to see. Yeah, absolutely. And that baby looks exactly like Jay Z. Oh yeah. Oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely, hundred percent. Yeah, this is a track that I feel like I've listened to before, but I haven't really listened to. Like it's always been on in the background. It's one that I feel like when I've listened through this album, I've always kind of skipped. But actually, like hearing it, like sitting down and listening to it, like it just hit me. On such a deep level, I think it's such a fantastic closing track. I think it's so sincere and without being overly sentimental or cheesy. And musically, it's very pretty. Like, I love, I love the hook. I love, you know, just, it's like melodic and and calm and like sort of comes across like a lullaby. Mm -hmm. And again, it still fits in really well with everything else on Beyonce. And Mm -hmm. this moment of like this really special, intimate, tender moment Mm -hmm. with this baby it's like this is all a part of life too like these really sweet wholesome moments like contrasted with these utterly filthy (laughs) moments that are elsewhere on the album like it Mm -hmm. just it completes the statement Mm -hmm. so well i was not a huge fan of the music video which Mm -hmm. is her hanging out with blue on like vacation in rio yeah again i think some of the gripes I have with the No Angel music video are there. Mm-hmm. In this one, you actually do see her interacting with the kids, and I kind of mm-hmm. was paying a lot of attention to her interactions because that was something that mm-hmm. I felt was maybe a little missing or, like, off. Yeah. And so she does, like, play soccer with the kids for a little mm-hmm. while, but it, it yeah. does come across as, like, kind of paternalistic rather than, like, really being enmeshed in the culture, yeah. I must say. Mm-hmm. And then there's not much interaction beyond there with, like, the environment. Like, it does mm-hmm. kind of feel like she's on, you know, a superstar vacation there yeah. and, like, not necessarily paying too much homage to the people there. Mm-hmm. Like, there's just kind of, like, the shots are, like, mm-hmm. expected and, like, oh, mm-hmm. look at these people. Like, it just... Yeah. There's something about it that doesn't quite sit well. But, of course, it's, like, mm-hmm. very beyond precious to see her, like, holding yeah. blue and mm-hmm. going to the beach. Like, that mm-hmm. all, whole stuff is... Oh, yeah. I have a heart. <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah. like, that was really nice to see. But, mm-hmm. you know, just not my favorite video mm-hmm. for those other reasons. Yeah. yeah. And, like, she looks gorgeous. I mean, oh, yeah. she lo- it's, like, almost, like, doesn't even need to be said, like, when yeah. Beyonce looks great. But, yeah. you know, she, she her looks... hair looks great. That, like, natural beachy look is mm-hmm. awesome on her. Yeah, she looks phenomenal in every video. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, this is, yeah, it was not a particularly standout music video for me. I thought it was fine. Like, yeah, it just it did feel a little like vacation yeah, footage. Vacation But, footage. again, she delivered so many amazing, like, yeah. they can't all be, like, you know, immaculately. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah 
put together and i'm i am sure the task of putting together four, 14 15 music videos 17 17 music videos for 17 music videos, 17 music videos for this and then whole there's album. more with yeah. the bonus tracks. yes there is more with the bonus tracks yeah so yeah a lot yeah mm-hmm. i mean that was one thing that was cool in watching the mini documentary actually mm-hmm. like so many of these videos and again, it's Beyonce, so, like, she just kind of exudes talent and, mm-hmm. like, preparedness. Yeah. So it's, like, hard to see in these videos. But, like, a lot of these mm-hmm. were really, like, not planned and meticulously thought out. It was, like, just bring a camera somewhere yeah. and let's see what happens. Mm-hmm. And that, I think, is, you know, a really cool relinquishing of her control. Yeah. Even if it's, like, but you're still Beyonce. Like, you're still pulling out, like, mm-hmm. superstar moves everywhere. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, that the the blue video like the 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 moments between blue and beyonce are just very sweet and mm-hmm. yeah i'm curious to see what blue's future is going to have in store she's still quite young yeah but i'm has <laughs> much more money in the bank than i yeah, do yeah <laughs> she blue is almost 10 years old at this point yeah yeah she was born january 4th 2012 Dang. i believe so yeah she is almost 10 years old yeah but yeah no this is this is really cool uh, uh, this is one of my favorite like pop star singing mm-hmm. about being a mom songs yeah. that i've come across for sure and i can imagine if i have kids mm-hmm. this would be a song i would play that yeah would hit different and yeah. i would definitely listen to and oh, like yeah. mm-hmm. return to so now we have completed our track by track sort of analysis for the standard issue but we're going platinum baby we're going to the platinum edition we are working off what is available on spotify which is yeah and so this was a re-release of the album a year after the fact in 2014 yes that had some additional bonus tracks and we've Mm -hmm. already spoken a fair amount or as much as i have to say about there's a kanye west version of drunken love yes and then the Nicki minaj flawless Uh, remix which i think is well i don't know maybe the most notable of the bonus tracks. Yeah, it's my personal favorite. There's also a remix of Blow that features a verse from Pharrell Williams, who, yeah. you know, wrote the song mm-hmm. and worked on the original. Yeah. Is there anything he contributes that's especially noteworthy? Like, I right. just kind of feel like it's, like, it's Blow, but with yeah. Pharrell Williams, which is, yeah. again, a song I quite liked. I know mm-hmm. you were less high on. Yeah. But, yeah, I would probably just as soon listen to the beyonce version than ever revisit the pharrell version yeah um i have nothing to say about kanye that. west's application to be beyonce and jay-z's third yeah <laughs> oh mm. my gosh yeah. um but 7-eleven is yes. a bonus track mm-hmm. that has got to be like in the top however we're ranking bonus mm. tracks of all time like, yes what a fierce bonus track like mm-hmm. the bonus track game on point yes 7-eleven is another song from this album that i was very familiar with mm-hmm. same here uh before you know really ever listening to this i don't know what the hell it's about i don't care it is yeah. also again i keep saying what my favorite music video is the music video is i'm obsessed with it <laughs> it is amazing yeah it's pretty much just her on her iphone like beyonce mm-hmm. she's not wearing makeup yeah she's just like chilling in like a hotel room mm-hmm. with some dancers and by herself and just dancing yeah being beyonce and it is mm-hmm. just like sheer the sheer ferocity of her talent mm-hmm. comes yeah. through and there's like no bells and whistles like i don't i don't even know if it's one of those, mm-hmm. like, it meticulously was made to look like it was mm-hmm. on the fly or if it actually was on the fly, mm-hmm. I don't care. 
it's just a great like I just mm-hmm. I watch it and I smile and I like mm-hmm. I feel like I'm there with her even though yeah. I will never be on oh, yeah. her level. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, absolutely. I am a huge fan of this song. Always have been. It's just just the energy that she brings to it again i don't know what she's singing about here but again i don't think that's really the purpose of it it's, it's her just beyonce it's, flexing yeah it's, it's her flexing it's and having fun with her dancers and it's really it's just it has such energy to it that i think it's just infectious and it was the second highest charting song from mm-hmm. this album or i guess the bonus it yeah. to number 13 on mm-hmm. the charts, so it, it had... That's a pretty big hit. Yeah, which I think for a bonus track, it... Bonus track game strong. You know, like, it mm-hmm. is... I just... I didn't realize it was a bonus track yeah. when I before I, like, dove into this album. And, again, I'm fine with it being a bonus track. Like, I mm-hmm. think that the statement of the 14 songs is really complete. Yeah. But, like, 7-Eleven takes the message of Beyonce and is, like... Yeah, here's here's what more of this message sounds like, which is mm-hmm. just what a good bonus track should be. Yeah. Is, you know, taking the message of the parent album and furthering it and just adding some more mm-hmm. layers and 7-Eleven does that hands down for me. Yeah. The other two like new tracks, Ring Off and Standing on the Sun. My understanding of both of these songs is that they were sort of meant for either other projects entirely or like they were meant for an album that isn't what Beyonce became. Yeah. And they sound like it. Like they're, they're both kind of, they're really similar to me. Like I have a hard time differentiating them. Mm -hmm. They're both kind of like tropical sounding and have like a fun bounce to them. And like they sound, they're both Mm -hmm. more commercial sounding than a lot of what else is on Beyonce. Yeah. Um, do you have one of these that you like more than the other? Uh, Ring Off is one that I particularly enjoy. I like that bonus track a lot. It's one that I had more familiarity with going into this deep dive. Uh, Standing on the Sun, I had pretty much no familiarity with whatsoever. I thought that was like a... Actually, for the first time I heard it, I thought it was a Beyonce... Especially, I think also that it was a remix threw me off. That I thought it was a Beyonce song from one of her, like a deep cut from one of her earlier projects that I just did not know that was remixed and included. But no, it was recorded for this album or some other unspecified Beyonce project that ultimately did not end up coming to life. But yeah, I... There's like six featured artists on it. I'm not like super familiar with any of them. So it was hard for me to tell like who was who. Yeah, looking on Spotify right now, there's Mr. Vegas, Clifford Smith. I do not know a lot of these people. Cleveland Brown and Danny Brown. Are they brothers? Ah. Who knows? Who knows? That That is Cleveland Brown's one and only song on Spotify. (laughs) Good to know. Good time. No, Cleveland Brown is also the name of a character from Family Guy. Yeah. So, interesting but yeah See, more mysteries don't more mystery. now we sound unprepared yes i swear we mm-hmm. <laughs> we went through a lot of this stuff for you guys yes if there is somehow a beyonce and seth mcfarlane collaboration that we just did not know about <laughs> there's only so much we can we yes. can cover mm-hmm. so if that does exist and we have not covered it we apologies but yeah i i like both i don't think either i can definitely both exude bonus track energy yes no they're very (laughs) they're very not album material yeah for sure but which is fine i mean i don't think there's an issue there yeah 
like i think mm-hmm. you know that's what their bonus is like yeah. they're not supposed to be the main dish the main dish was mm-hmm. very well thought out so i don't begrudge whoever's decision it was to just kind of throw we have these yeah. tracks we'll throw them on there i think we also recorded like 86 songs for mm-hmm. this album, which I, I don't know what the normal amount is per yeah. album, but that mm-hmm. sounds like a whole lot. Yeah, that, that is a lot. Oh my God. So now what the people have been waiting for is our rankings. <laughs> this is, they come screaming for these. So again, in our rankings, we combined the Blow remix with Blow. We combined the Drunken Love remix with mm-hmm. the original Drunken Love, we combined the Flawless remixes. So we have 17 songs that we're ranking. Mm-hmm. I think in all those cases, the remixes are pretty... They're part of the same statement yeah. that the original song is making. So mm-hmm. it just seemed redundant to rank them. Yeah, But if you are a purist and want to parse mm-hmm. them for parts, then I look forward to hearing your ranking. <laughs> uh, so we're starting with number 17, I'm sorry, Standing in the Sun. I just don't remember you much. (laughs) And there's too many other good songs that are part of the statement. And there's even other better bonus tracks. So I feel like Standing in the Sun just just got lost in the the sauce, as they say. (laughs) And so that brings us to number 16, which is Heaven. Which I think this was where it was at in my personal ranking as well. And I feel bad for heaven like yeah. i don't think it's a bad song it like feels mm-hmm. feels wrong to put it that low but i yeah i think this is the issue is it's a really good album so it's hard mm-hmm. to put it at the bottom it's just gonna hurt mm-hmm. yeah 15 is jealous which again i don't think is bad by any means i think there's just other bigger bolder artistic statements and jealous just is hard to listen to our number 14 is mine featuring drake uh some interesting things again happening with the music video again was not super high on this song either i feel like i don't have any additional thoughts to add to it yeah mine was higher up in my ratings i Mm -hmm. i definitely like it better than a couple of these songs but i think i think it definitely is part of the Mm -hmm. slew of songs that are good but not as transcendent yeah so then yeah 13 is superpower with frank ocean again a good song but maybe a bit of a letdown considering Mm -hmm. there was a fair amount of hype there Mm -hmm. i do like both of their like lower registers though like they kind of prowl around in yeah. the low range which is cool but for sure yeah i do like the don 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 like i do like that i just yeah and like that's a bit to... overused and yeah. like i thought that they were giving it some new life like yeah. that whole thing same here yeah yeah and i'm kind of no hate no shade no. <laughs> yeah and then at number 12 we have no angel which... i'm responsible for this yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah I... I like it yeah, I'm. I'm not. I'm not as high on it as you are. And then yeah. eleven is blow, which is a song I was also much higher on. Yes, than it was you were. not that high in my original ranking, but yeah, I think blow is just fun and sexy. Mm-hmm. I can totally hear the argument. It goes on for a little too long, but mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah. I bop to it. Yeah, I feel like Rocket just takes the same concept and executes it more. I agree. Rocket is a better song. Yes, I think. Yes, rock it over blow every time. 
But yeah, and then number 10, this is one that I'm responsible for, uh, Ring Off. I, a bonus track that I really enjoy. I love the, I love the instrumental of it. I think it's fun. It is fun. Yeah, it's fun. I like it. I like it. It's, yeah, I think it's, would take it over Standing on the Sun any day. Yeah, I think it's the better version of that song. <laughs> then nine, we have Drunken Love, the big, the big hit. Yes. I think that's a, a, f- a faithful place to put yeah. it. There's a mm-hmm. lot of good songs here. It's one of them. Yeah. Has some unfortunate moments. Yes. But, mm-hmm. You know? Yes. I, yeah. I think there are some, there are some songs on this record that have aged grace more gracefully than Drunken Love, but... But yeah. also, I yeah. think the fact that it has aged badly in mm-hmm. terms of, like, their relationship yeah. makes it somehow more compelling than yeah. when it was originally oh, yeah, released. So sure. there's... Things about the context that are working for and against it. It's yeah. just, it's very, it's, it's, an interesting. it's a, a very interesting song in, yeah. in this lineup. For sure. And then at eight, another one I'm responsible for, EXO. Uh, I really enjoy this song. Of course, the Challenger sample, not the best, but as a, ball- as a Ryan Tedder pinned ballad, I think it's very solid and it plays to both his strengths as a songwriter and Beyonce's strengths as a vocalist. And very understandable. And with mm-hmm. a sinus infection, too. Yeah. And a very mm-hmm. understandable single. Yeah. And I get why people like it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's funny, I'm the one announcing Seven is Pretty Hurts. If this were my <laughs> ranking, Pretty Hurts would be so far at the bottom. Yeah, I, I love it. I love it. And then at number six, we have Rocket. I feel like I've already said my feelings on this song. I've spoken my piece. I really enjoy it. I think it is the better executed version of Blow. It's so good. Yes. It really it really fits mm-hmm. this album perfectly. Yes. I'm a big fan of Rocket. Mm-hmm. And then number five is Blue, which I'm very pleased to see Blue end yeah. up in the top five. I didn't yeah. necessarily know that that was going to happen, but mm-hmm. it is just so tender and sweet yeah. and just brings you into this really sweet, intimate moment in Beyonce's life. And mm-hmm. I love it on the album. And I definitely think if I were a parent, it would be even sweeter. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And then at number four, we have Flawless, both the original and the remix. Which Flawless is flawed. Yes. But even in, in spite of it, is still mm-hmm. iconic yes. quote machine. Absolutely. Both the original and remix kind of simultaneously work together as one cohesive statement, but also can be listened to completely on their own merits and still be enjoyable. Like, I think the Chimamanda version definitely pairs better just for, like, sort of intensive listening. And then the Nicki Minaj remix is, like, if you want to dance and just That's if you're at the club and twerk. (laughs) Yes, that. So I feel like both just a supreme example of an original and a remix coexisting together and Mm -hmm. complementing each other so, so well. And so, yeah, that is our number four. Yeah. And then number three is 7-Eleven. I just think this song has a life of its own. Like, yeah. It's really, it's just good times with mm-hmm. 7-Eleven. Yeah. I, this comes on all the time at like parties and oh, gatherings yes. and people get hyped. Mm-hmm. Including me. Yeah. It's a good one. It's a Yeah, it's a very good one. And then number two is Haunted. Which was my yeah. number one in ranking. Mm-hmm. Yeah, actually. I believe it was my number three. 
It's high. So up there. it was very high for both of us. I there's so many layers to this track, and the way it builds, I think, is just uh, magnificent. Yeah, there's bigger hits and such, but in terms of like, what is this album? If like mm-hmm. you w- wanted to pick one song that really demonstrates the statement that I at least have taken from it, it's haunted. So much great stuff here, and really, it's taking a risk going in a really bold and interesting direction. Mm-hmm. I am a huge supporter of this song. <laughs> yeah. And then number one, uh, Justice for Monica Lewinsky, but number one is Partition. Mm-hmm. Just, like, amazing storytelling, sexual liberation, the talent and the visual is so clear. The Yonsei rap is just yeah. epic and badass mm-hmm. at the beginning. So many quotable moments. It's just... It's Mm -hmm. everything that works about this album. Mm -hmm. And even the things that don't, which Mm -hmm. uh, this album celebrates imperfections. And, like, there are imperfections Mm -hmm. in Partition, which maybe that is what makes it more truly um, exemplifying Mm -hmm. number one. Yeah, absolutely. And that chair dancing. I feel like we haven't talked enough about it. Like, when Beyonce does that chair dancing in the video and in, like, live shows. Oh, my God. It's like, who is this woman? Impeccable. Siren. Yes. Goddess. Like, yeah, that's, like, there is a lot of worship of Beyonce and that that talent Mm -hmm. in her chair dancing is just one of the truest, I think, Beyonce Mm -hmm. moments we have. So So one of the things we haven't talked about yet... Mm -hmm. There's another, like, mystery song that's sort of part of this album and sort Mm -hmm. of not called Grown Woman. Yeah. Which I remember exclusively for being in a Pepsi commercial. Mm -hmm. And in, like, the lead-up to Beyonce when all this stuff was, like, being very secretive. And, like, you know, she released, like, Bow Down, like, the segment of Flawless, Mm -hmm. like, the Bow Down Bitches thing. Yeah. Um, She released that, like, but it was, like, a different version of it. Mm -hmm. And, like, people were like, oh, Beyonce's aggressive clutch my pearls yeah and then yeah there was this grown woman song which is good and i would say much more poppy than the contents of this album yeah but in a lot of ways i like that it like orbits a little bit outside of this beyonce sphere because mm-hmm. like grown woman seems to me to be the version of this album that is commercial and yeah. that is mm-hmm. you know still in the machine that yeah. beyonce is liberating herself Mm -hmm. from in this album so it's like such an interesting parallel song that Mm -hmm. i you know is it part of this album is it not it just sort of is out there but Mm -hmm. the the title of it grown woman i mean that really is yeah the perfect idea to close Mm -hmm. this podcast with this album is beyonce's grown woman album yeah I mean, it's not like there needs to just be Mm -hmm. one. And in fact, there's many albums. Like, I think all of them, she's grown and has something to say. Mm -hmm. But it's really cool to explore this fully complex person in the journey that this album takes you on. And Mm -hmm. I'm really, I think very differently about Beyonce now than I did beforehand. Which just goes to show you, it's impactful art. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I had such a great time revisiting this album, and it was fun to go back to an album that I did have a lot of familiarity with, but look at 
look at it through the pop maestro's lens. The critique lens. The, the critique lens. And yeah, I kind of discovered this album sort of nearing the end of my time in high school. And now I'm talking about it as I am nearing the end of my time in college. So it feels like an interesting kind of full circle moment. It feels kind of scary to say that I'm starting to feel nostalgic for a lot of these songs. But a I've, simpler time. A simpler time. But yes, I yeah, I had a great time revisiting this album. I think there are some deep cuts that really surprised me. I think all of the singles have staying power and they are still tracks that, you know, find their way into my rotation every now and again and I always enjoy listening to them. Uh, this album on vinyl is very hard to find. It goes for about $300, $400. It was oh only, my gosh. <laughs> it was pressed once, and then, of course, that first pressing sold out. Beyonce vinyls are actually very hard to come by. Lemonade is the only one that is widely available, and then self-titled was pressed, but now it goes for, like, $500 on resale websites. Uh, Four has never been published, or pressed, and then uh, I know Dangerously in Love is also very hard to find. And then I don't know if I Am Sasha Fierce has ever been pressed either. What about B-Day? B-Day has been pressed. That's the other one that is very that is pretty easy to find. This is industry expert. <laughs> I didn't know any of this. I own yeah. zero vinyl records. So yeah. <laughs> exciting. Maybe someday Maybe. we'll find this. But mm-hmm. yeah. No, this was a great exploration. I feel much more Beyonce literate now. Mm -hmm. And I'm excited for our next journey with her, whatever that may be. Yeah, absolutely. So we have someone also very iconic Mm -hmm. coming up on the docket. And that icon would so happen to be Miss Adele. And so we are going to be doing a deep dive on her brand new album, 30. Yes, this is very exciting. I think it's cool to follow up Beyonce with Adele because Mm -hmm. I, again, think this is another kind of equally celebrated artist of this generation, and this is uh, the biggest, boldest new pop release out right now. Yeah. So I'm I'm excited to kind of have some fresh Mm -hmm. takes and to sort of approach this a bit differently because we don't know what the the legacy is going to be fully from Adele's 30. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm very excited to dive in and see what she has to share for us this time. Yeah, same here. Yeah, it was actually my idea to uh, cover 30 since I felt like this is one of the first really major uh, pop releases since we started the podcast. And so I thought it would be really interesting and exciting for us to be able to give you, the listeners, our thoughts hot off the presses. And so especially since we don't know exactly what this album's legacy will be. All we know is that this is Adele's first project in six years. This is following 25, which released in 2015. So it has been quite the wait. Yeah. So we welcome you back, Adele, and welcome to the podcast. Yeah, I'm very excited to see um, what's next because mm-hmm. it's been a quite a long time. And maybe I'm, I'm crossing my fingers that, you know, last time Adele released music, Rihanna released shortly after. So oh. maybe this is a cascade effect. Hope I hope so. I feel like if Lord, Adele, you know, 
if they can release albums, I don't see why Rihanna can't as well. But exactly. I, we also know she's busy with Fenty. We'll accept and... it whenever it comes. I won't hold my breath. Yeah. <laughs> yes. But in any case, very much looking forward to discussing 30 by Adele. Mm. Please join us next time. Until then, we're the Pop Maestros. Take care, everybody. Yes, thank you so much for listening. <laughs>